from the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it! Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike! To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. A time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe from way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. Yes! It's all over. The Chicago Bulls have won. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Hello and welcome to Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and uh, thank you for joining me for this special live League Pass radio edition of Duncan Dynasty, as I will be covering Game 2 of the series between the Utah Jazz, the number one seed in the Western Conference, and the Memphis Grizzlies, the eighth seed, who made it through the play-in by defeating the Spurs and the Warriors in the two play-in contests. But uh, very excited to bring you this one. Hopefully it's a uh, it's a pretty good game, and we should be getting also the return of Donovan Mitchell in this one, who, who missed, uh, I believe... The last 16 games of the regular season for the Jazz and also missed Game 1 with a sprained ankle. And uh, there was a lot of drama surrounding that, uh, that that he was not on the injury report going into Game 1. And then very late in the process, the Jazz decided to sit him out and that actually angered, upset Mitchell quite a bit. But... Uh, It'll be it'll be interesting to see not only how he looks coming back from that injury. I, I imagine there will be some rust, and it's not easy just coming right back into you know the playoff environment after missing so much time. Obviously, there's stamina to consider, and and also just your your skill level. You you can't replicate live game action in practice. As uh, this game, this game two of this Western Conference first round series will be airing on TNT and it will will uh, be coming on after the conclusion of this Knicks-Hawks game. And if we if I notice that uh, they're they're showing the uh, the start of the the Jazz Grizzlies on another network, I will uh, Get us over there, whether that will be on NBA TV or TBS. But uh, the Knicks currently leading the Hawks at the end of this uh, game two of this Eastern Conference 4-5 matchup. Knicks are up 191 as we approach a minute left in this ballgame. Looking at the Series schedule for the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Of course, Game 2 tonight. Game 3 will air on Saturday at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN. Game 4 taking place on Monday at 9.30 on TNT. Game 5 will be a week from today, Wednesday, June 2nd. 
and of course game five if necessary if necessary game six will uh, will occur on friday june 4th and a potential game seven would play on sunday june 6th we've had a great first few days of postseason action in the nba of course we had the Four, ga- four games a day on both Saturday and Sunday, which is, uh, you know, probably my uh, favorite weekend of the year, to be honest. And then we had a couple of games last night, three tonight, and we've got uh, another three coming tomorrow. The officials for Game 2, Kane Fitzgerald, James Williams, and J.B. DeRosa. Game 1 was a 112-99 win for the Memphis Grizzlies. They uh, had a big second quarter in route to that victory. The Jazz made a, a furious comeback towards the end, but came up just short. Utah on the season 52 and 20 overall, third in offensive rating, first in defensive rating, and sporting the NBA's best net rating as well at positive 11.3. And the Jazz also won all three of the regular season meetings between the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Memphis finished the regular season at a 38 and 34 mark and then won the the two play-in games just to get in so really 40 and 34 for the Grizz on the year 16th in offense an impressive 7th in defense and they finished with a net rating of positive 0.6 which was 14th in the NBA Looks like the Knicks are going to be able to dribble this one out here to conclude this uh, first game of this doubleheader on TNT. The Knicks are going to win it 101 to 92. The other game that uh, the first game tonight was Philadelphia Washington and uh, the 76ers ended up pulling that out 120 to 95 the final. And that does conclude this East 4-5 matchup. If you uh, are trying to sync up with me tonight, I will be trying to give you visual cues here to, uh, to help you sync up the, my audio with the, with the video on your end. This is League Pass Radio again. I am Garrett Bouguet, and I will be bringing you live play-by-play action. Of course, I have a uh, radio background. I uh, did some radio work in college and a few years after college, and uh, I have uh, broadcast uh, plenty of games at the high school and college level. So I will be bringing you live play-by-play throughout tonight's contest, and I will be taking zero commercial breaks. And uh, so if you've got any questions for me, you can uh, you can send them to my uh, Twitter, 
And my Twitter handle is at Garrett Bougay. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-B-U-G-A-Y. I will uh, be happy to answer all uh, any questions you send my way, any comments. If you want me to talk about any, uh, any, any team or player in particular tonight, I'd be happy to do so. And if you've never listened to Duncan Dynasty before, my uh, weekly podcast, usually I'm doing episodes, releasing episodes every Wednesday throughout the year. And uh, with, with this uh, last week being really exciting with the playoffs and, you know, being a fun time for, for Hoops fans, I actually released two episodes last week, and you can check those out if you, if you haven't listened to them yet. I did an Eastern Conference first-round preview with uh, with Ryan Edwards, that was a lot of fun, and uh, Ryan, of course, a big Hawks fan, so he he and I had discussed this uh, Hawks Knicks series, which has been one of the more interesting, intriguing series of the first round in great detail. And then also, I uh, I recorded with a first time guest, Brett Kornfeld. I did a Western Conference first round preview. So uh, if you're looking for any analysis on any of the series that uh, are, are going on currently, you can check those out. And uh, again, like, subscribe, review of the podcast. Uh, we're, we're on Apple, Spotify, most, uh, most places where you can find a podcast, you can find Duncan Dynasty. Greatly appreciate you, uh, you tuning in and listening. Actually had some uh, some uh, some some peer pressure from a family member that uh, wanted to uh, wanted to get a little bit of a shout out on the pod tonight, and uh, I uh, I can't uh, I can't say for sure if I'm getting compensated for this, but uh, this this uh, episode of Duncan Dynasty brought to you by Kaler Surveying. I don't know if there was a Venn diagram for for people needing uh, some some surveying work on their property and uh, people that might be listening to this podcast. I doubt there's a lot of overlap there, but if there is, you know, check out Kaler Surveying. This uh, this game between the the Jazz and the Grizzlies should start momentarily. But uh, the speaking of of game one of this of this Grizzlies Utah series, part of the thing that was was so interesting about it, of course, is we had we had foul trouble on both sides. Rudy Gobert and uh, and Mike Conley were in foul trouble for for Utah, and then also uh, Jonas Valanciunas for the Grizzlies got in foul trouble at, at moments as well. But uh, that played a big factor, you know, Rudy Gobert. His net rating in Game 1 was positive 20.9. The Jazz had a 125 offensive rating and a 104.1 defensive rating, and essentially that means they they scored 125 points per 100 possessions and gave up just 104 points per 100. So, uh, you know, the, the Jazz outplayed the Grizzlies while Gobert was on the floor, but of course he was in foul trouble, didn't play as much as uh, as he or the Jazz would have wanted in that uh, in that opening game and you know of course Gobert the likely defensive player of the year this season he has a huge impact on shots around the basket with his uh, enormous size and length 
And Memphis actually took 8.5% fewer shots at the rim while Gobert was on the floor. And you could see, especially, I think Gobert fouled out with about four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. And John Morant, you know, the star young point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, he was able to, to really start getting going, getting to the basket. You know, Derek Favors, Gobert's replacement is a, is a solid rim protector, but nowhere near the elite deterrent that Gobert is. So Morant was able to get to the rim with a little bit more frequency and success. And uh, that really helped the Grizz pull out and get enough offense down the stretch to pull that game out. And also, you know, Memphis, again, I, I mentioned their seventh in defensive rating. This is a team that can lock you down. They did a really good job against the uh, the Warriors in that second play-in game. They're, they're a sound defensive team. There's not a lot of weak links on that roster defensively. And, of course, they've got some some really good defenders, especially in the likes of, uh, of Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, who, uh, who had a, a couple of steals, big steals that uh, turned into transition opportunities the other way for Memphis. But, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be a, uh, you know, a, a very important game for, for the Utah Jazz. Of course, we saw last night the, uh, another team in the Western Conference with home court advantage, the Los Angeles Clippers, lost Game 2 to Dallas and went down 0-2 in the series. And uh, now we'll have to go to Dallas and try to get one, if not both, to get themselves back into uh, back into that matchup. But you know, this is this is really a must-win for the Jazz. You know, they've been dominant all season long. They uh, they have Donovan Mitchell back tonight, so they've got their uh, full complement of players. But there's a lot of pressure. They're the home team. Uh, Memphis has already accomplished what uh, they set out to do in going to Utah for the first two games and, and getting at the least a, a road split and, and taking back home court advantage. So it's going to be, you know, a, a huge game for the Jazz, a lot of pressure on this team, but I expect them to to step up and and play well. A big part of the, the issue for, for Utah in that game one, aside from the foul trouble that Gobert suffered, was the shooting. They did not uh, shoot the ball well. Utah shot just 20% uh, on on corner threes and 27% on above-the-break triples in that game one, 25% from downtown overall. And this is a team that throughout the year shot in the high, in the high 30s from three-point range. So, you know, it, it could just be a matter of that game one. This is a, a make-or-miss league, and... Uh, with the with the variance in three point shooting, you can see why we, we've gotten a few of these lower seeded teams pulling off an upset for a game or two because you know it it sometimes can come down to which team is hotter. So again, if you're uh, if you're trying to sync up here, we've got an image of Donovan Mitchell there now, John Morant warming up for Memphis. Morant, last year's Rookie of the Year. And again, this game airing on TNT. Looks like Utah is going to be wearing their, their alternate uniforms. And uh, they've got the alternate uh, court design as well. Really colorful design. I like it quite a bit. 
as uh, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller on the TNT broadcast. So it appears that uh, Memphis will be wearing their all-white road uniforms, and Utah in that colorful yellow, orange, and red uniforms with the white lettering and numbering. Memphis with those all-whites and the, uh, the navy blue lettering and trim. So the starting lineups for tonight's game, of course, for Memphis in the backcourt, it's Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks. Their forwards are Jaron Jackson Jr. and Kyle Anderson at center. It's Jonas Valanciunas. The guards for the Utah Jazz, it's Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. At the forward spots, Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, after being scoreless in the first half, put up 29 in the second half and nearly brought the Jazz back. And then, of course, it's center for Utah. It's the likely defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. So everyone in Utah and around the NBA excited to see how Donovan Mitchell looks. And we've got a, a star backcourt showdown now with Mitchell versus Morant as we're about to tip it off. And Rudy Gobert wins the tip for the Jazz. Utah has it going from left to right in this first quarter. It's Mike Conley with the basketball at the half-court logo. Throws it left wing to Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich up top to Gobert. Gobert guarded by Valanciunas. He backs off. He'll hand it to Conley. Conley, a beautiful pocket pass to Gobert on the roll, but Jackson Jr. comes from behind, gets the block. Gobert picks it back up, and he steps. Or no, we've got a foul on the Grizzlies, and it'll be out of bounds to the Jazz. Great defensive play there from Jackson on the recovery. That's something that uh, obviously appealed the Grizzlies when they drafted him in the top five a couple of years ago is that ability to his ability to shoot threes on the offensive end and block shots on the defensive side. Here's Conley gets a screen, gets all the way down the lane, no help from the Grizzlies there, and Conley goes down the right side, lays it up with the right hand off the glass and in, and the Jazz are the first on the board, leaning it 2-0. Here's Morant, throws it left side to Valanciunas. He hands it to Brooks. He'll get it to Anderson. Anderson going right of lane, goes under the rim, kicks it out. Morant, top of the key, eight on the shot clock. He'll get it into Valanciunas, right block. He's backing down. Turns over the right shoulder along the baseline and hits. Jonas Valanciunas ties the game at two as we approach one minute gone by here in the first. Here's Conley to the line to the lane, kicks it out. Right wing, O'Neal three, short rebound. Jonas Valanciunas. JV will get it to Morant. Morant guarded by Conley. He'll drive right, gets a screen from Valanciunas, throws it right wing to Anderson. Anderson to the block to JV, faces up on Gobert. He'll take a 17-footer. That's short. Rebound O'Neal. O'Neal will push it down the left sideline, finds Bogdanovich in the corner. He tries to drive baseline, cut off by Anderson. Now will back down, gets into the paint, turns over the left shoulder. His shot is no good. Fight for the rebound, and it's finally picked up by Dylan Brooks for Memphis. He's going to go one-on-two, gets past Gobert, but blows the left-handed layup. Here comes Royce O'Neal in the Jazz. He'll get it to Conley, right wing, drives into the paint, kicks it out. Donovan Mitchell, left wing, wide open for three, drills it. Donovan Mitchell on his return, knocks down his first shot, and the Jazz lead it 5-2 to two as we approach 10 minutes to go in this opening quarter. Here's Morant with the basketball, throws it up top to Jackson, back to Morant. Morant. Gets double teamed, finds Jackson left wing, onto the block to Valanciunas, got good position. Backs down on Gobert, turns over the right shoulder, and airballs it over the rim. 
Rebound Mitchell. Good contest there from Rudy Gobert. Here's Mitchell. Gets into the paint. Back to Gobert. He'll go in. No, but he fa he's fouled. JV, I think, got him on the arm there as Gobert went in. Again, beyond just the, the scoring that Mitchell provides for this Jazz basketball team, the, his playmaking has improved this season. He, uh, he creates those opportunities where he, he, uh, he beats his man off the dribble, draws two defenders, and opens things up for a teammate. Uh, the Jazz certainly missed that in that game one. First free throw from Gobert is short. Obviously, that, uh, that ankle issue will be something the Jazz will be monitoring throughout the night. I have no doubt he'll be a little sore heading into tomorrow. But uh, Gobert missing both free throws, and Memphis gets it back, trailing by three here, nine and a half to go in this first quarter. Valanchunas at the top, hands it off to Brooks. Brooks going left, gets to the elbow, throws it right side to Morant. Morant guarded by Conley, gets a screen going right now, will snake it to the free throw line, gets Conley on his back, puts up a floater from about 10 feet, and gets it to go. John Morant, excellent with that floater. Here is Conley on the left corner, switched on to by Jaron Jackson now, 15 on the shot clock. Conley isolating there. Now will cross over, gets into the paint, kicks it to O'Neal, to Bogdanovich, left wing, Mitchell three, that one's short, and rebound Jackson Jr. Mitchell got the look at the exact spot he hit the previous triple, but that time couldn't get it to go. Morant throws it left block to Valanchunas, Valanchunas guarded by O'Neal, and uh, Valanchunas is going to be called for a hook there. As O'Neal being physical with him, it looked like JV didn't like it, and it gave him a little bit of an elbow. And uh, that will be an offensive foul, and the Jazz will get it back, leading 5-4. to 8.47 to go in the first. Getting a look at Taylor Jenkins there, the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the youngest head coaches in the NBA. As Valanchunas, I believe that must have been his second because he's sitting out now. Here's Conley with, to the line, to the lane, throws up that right-handed right floater, can't get it. Rebound, Gobert. He has it taken away by Anderson. Anderson to Brooks, beautiful behind-the-back dribble, and he lays it up and in with the right-handed front of the rim. Dylan Brooks had a fantastic game one with 31 points, and he puts the Grizzlies up 6-5. to five. Here's Conley driving left, and he's going to draw the foul on Brooks. Looks like it's a hand check. Mitchell felt the contact and immediately went up into his shot, but uh, I think rightfully that's going to be an on-the-floor foul. So O'Neal looks like he'll inbound it for Utah on the far sideline. As Ingles checking in for the Jazz, he'll sub out Mike Conley. Looks like Desmond Bain was the one that checked in for JV on the previous stoppage. Here's Mitchell. Euro steps into the paint. His floater with the right hand, no good. Ball batted around, finally picked up by Brooks, who gets it to Morant. Morant at the top of the key now, going between the legs four times. Beautiful crossover. Gets to the free throw line behind the back. Draws a double. Kicks it out. Jaron Jackson Jr. wide open for three, but that's off the heel. Rebound O'Neal. O'Neal will get it to Mitchell. Mitchell with a staggered screen up top, throws it left wing or left corner to Bogdanovich. He fakes the three drives in, 
Tries to get it cross court to Ingles, but that one's over his head and out of bounds. That'll be a turnover. Ball back to the Grizzlies. Memphis 6, Utah 5, 7.40 to go in the first period. Desmond Bain led all rookies in three-point percentage this season for the Grizzlies. As he's the first guy off the bench for Memphis. Here's Morant behind a screen taking a three on the right wing. That one's in and out. Rebound Utah. Here's Mitchell. A beautiful crossover to split the defense, but then O'Neal got in his way. And that's a turnover, and Morant will get a easy transition flush with two hands. And we will get a timeout on the floor with the score. The Memphis Grizzlies 8, the Utah Jazz 5 with 7.21 to go in the first quarter. Another one of the key factors in this uh, in that game one victory for the Grizzlies was the, the poor play from Jordan Clarkson. The, the offense for the Jazz really fell off a cliff during uh, Clarkson's minutes. The Jazz had just a 100 offensive rating when he was out there on the floor, and it got even worse when when Clarkson had it uh, or was out there without the likes of uh, Mike Conley or Rudy Gobert in those minutes, uh, albeit obviously a small sample size here. The the Jazz had just a 66.7 offensive rating. So uh, Clarkson did not have a great game. Six of 18 from the field, four turnovers, 0 of 8 from three in that game one. He was uh, obviously announced as the NBA's sixth man award winner this season. He's got to play better for the Jazz coming off the bench, even with even with uh, Donovan Mitchell now playing. But that that is one advantage for the Jazz that uh, you know when Mitchell starts, that also pushes Joe Ingles to the bench, and Clarkson and Ingles were both six men con- sixth man award contenders, and so just having that extra punch. With that second unit, if Clarkson doesn't have it going, you can maybe rely a little bit more on Ingles or vice versa. So uh, certainly Mitchell helps in, in, a, in a myriad of ways for this Utah Jazz team, but, but Clarkson's got to be better. And uh, for Memphis, uh, I mentioned Gobert had a, had a good uh, net rating while he was on the floor. It was the same for the Grizzlies starting center, and you might be surprised by that, uh, given they you'd think they matched up with each other for, for much of the game, but actually with the foul trouble to the both of them, they, they played different uh, different periods, and, and Valanchunas was, was really good. The, the, the Grizzlies had a 120.4 offensive rating when he was on the floor in game one, just 90, and, and a 95.7 defensive rating, uh, which is a, a plus 24.7 differential over 100 possessions, so uh, Valanchunas certainly had a, a big impact, and and he gives Rudy Gobert some issues. You know he, you know he was the cause of Gobert picking up a couple of fouls. Valanchunas, that bruiser, physical, tough guy that's going to get into your body. He's going to make you defend on the block. And uh, you know, al- although Gobert is a very good post defender, you know if if he picks up one or, or two fouls every game trying to deal with Valanchunas, plus you know all of the 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 chances with all the screens that Gobert sets, he's got opportunities to be to to pick up fouls, setting illegal picks, and then you know with his uh, help defense, he's he's probably going to pick up a foul or two over the course of the game. So that's something that the the Jazz are going to have to figure out as well, uh, as as far as dealing with Valanciunas and, and trying to keep Gobert 
out of foul trouble. The other interesting thing, I mentioned the struggles of the, the Jazz bench, especially Clarkson, but Memphis's bench, uh, especially you know in a guy like Xavier Tillman, I think struggle. I don't think this is a great matchup for Tillman. Uh, I'd be interested to see. I'll, I'll talk about that at the next timeout as we, uh, we're back from commercial here. But I'll be interested to see if Brandon Clark gets some minutes in tonight's game. Here is Mitchell with the basketball. Crosses over, gets the left elbow, right wing to Ingles. He'll hand it off to Bogdanovich going left. He spins on Bain. Great defense. Bogdanovich fading away from 15 feet. That one rolls all the way around the rim and finally drops. Bogdanovich with the shooter's touch there. It's Memphis 8, Utah 7, as we're under 7 minutes to go in this first quarter. Here's Anderson, the basketball, left of the lane, kicks it up top to Morant. 11 on the shot clock. Morant crosses over to the line to the lane, puts up a little floater over Favors and gets it to go. Morant stopping on a dime, and the Grizzlies' lead is back up to three. Here's Mitchell for the Jazz. Again, Utah going from left to right in this first quarter. Mitchell driving left and pulls up, and he's going to not get the shot. He hit the three, but the foul again on Brooks on the floor. I believe that was the right call, but also the second time Mitchell has been able to draw a foul on Dylan Brooks. Another positive impact that Mitchell can make on this series is, is getting one of Memphis's better players in Brooks in foul trouble as well. And maybe not. Maybe that was, uh, maybe that should have been a shooting foul. Oh, they actually did call it. Uh, they, they did call it in the motion. So uh, Mitchell will get the three-point shot to go, and he'll get one from the line to make it a four-point play. He takes a deep breath, three dribbles, puts it up, and puts it in. So Utah, with that four-point possession, takes the lead 11 to 10, six and a half minutes to go in this first quarter. Grayson Allen on the floor for the Memphis Grizzlies. Ball poked away. He picks it up. Throws it in the left corner to Bain. He'll drive on Mitchell. Pulls up from the left elbow and gets it to go. Desmond Bain, an excellent shooter. you got to respect him out there. Here's Mitchell with the basketball. Goes right of the lane. Gets all the way to the hoop. Puts it up off the glass. Nobody draws the foul. Mitchell having a lot of fun here in this opening quarter. He is really happy to be out there and helping his teammates once again. And he is uh, drawing fouls and bunches here on the Memphis backcourt players. Artie has gotten two on Dylan Brooks. That's the first he's uh, drawn on on the likes of Grayson Allen. Mitchell already with seven points in the early going. First free throw is up and in, and we are tied at 12. On the floor for Memphis, it's Morant, Allen, Bain, Anderson and Jackson Jr. For Utah, it's Favors, Bogdanovich, Mitchell, Ingles, and O'Neal. As Mitchell knocking down both free throws, it's Utah 13, Memphis 12 as we approach the halfway mark of this first quarter. Here's Moran with the ball on the right side, dribbling towards the top of the key. Now we'll cross over. Picks up his dribble at the free throw line extended. Gets it to Allen on the right wing. And we've got a foul off the ball, I believe, on Royce O'Neal. He knocked over Jaron Jackson Jr. 
course, that's something Memphis has got to do if the Jazz are switching on defense is occasionally take advantage of their size. They're, they're typically playing a couple of, uh, of bigger players. Here is Morant with the ball at the top. Gets O'Neal on his back. Gets into the paint. Fall away jumper. That one's well short. Didn't have enough arc on that jumper. Here's Bogdanovich with the ball for Utah. Dribbles over to the left wing. Now we'll back down on Allen. He's got the size advantage. Beautiful spin along the baseline. Puts it up with the right hand off the glass of it. Boyan Bogdanovich puts the Jazz up 15 to 12. Five and a half to go in this first quarter. Morant with the ball at the top. Guarded by O'Neal. Throws it left side. Jackson Jr. He'll drive with his left hand. Gets into the paint. And we've got a trip on called on Bogdanovich. He certainly doesn't like it. It was a little bit awkward, that drive from Jackson Jr., but uh, looks like he'll get rewarded. Yeah, the Bogdanovich post-up, that's something that, you know, in, especially in that second quarter for the Jazz when they were really struggling offensively, I think that's something, you know, especially when they don't have Donovan Mitchell available, is they should... They should uh, Get Bogdanovich the ball more in the post. He's an excellent post-up player, as the first free throw from Jackson Jr. is good, and he can sort of be the hub of the offense in the half court at times. One more coming for JJJ. It's up and in. Utah 15, Memphis 14. 5.18 to go in the first. Mitchell will walk it up into the front court, gets a screen from Favors. He'll pull a top-of-the-key triple, and drills it. Donovan Mitchell knowing, showing no signs of rust in the early going. He's already got 12. And the Jazz lead is four. Here's Morant, guarded by O'Neal, over to the right wing. Beautiful left-hand pass to a cutting Kyle Anderson for the easy flush. Beautiful play there, Morant, with the look-off pass. Got the defense confused and got an easy bucket for his teammate. Here's Mitchell, right wing, deep three ball. That one's off the side of the rim. Rebound, Allen. Allen will push it down the left sideline to the left wing, up top to Bain. Bain will drive with his left hand, gets to the rim, puts it up off the backboard a little strong. Rebound, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, Euro steps into the paint, kicks it right corner. Ingles three is good. Timeout Memphis with the Jazz extending their lead to 5, 21-16 with 4.21 to go in the first. Ingles is an expert at catching that ball above his head and not bringing it down, just immediately going into that shooting motion. That's a lot harder than it looks, folks. Uh, he made it look easy there. But uh, if you're a Jazz fan in the early going, you've got to love the way Donovan Mitchell looks so far. He's got the jump shot going. He's got the foul drawing going. And uh, has has helped Utah get off to a, a decent start here. I was mentioning uh, at the last time out the idea that uh, Xavier Tillman played a lot of the backup five minutes for Memphis. And I don't think it's a great matchup for him. You know, he's a physical, strong guy. But, you know, Utah is playing is playing the likes of Gobert and Favors pretty much all 48 minutes. So there's not, you know, a, a size-strength advantage that he has out there. The Jazz also do such a good job of uh, stopping shots at the basket. So, you know, Brandon Clark, I think, is a guy, of course, a former first-round pick. 
a guy that uh, has really good athleticism. He's a really good vertical spacer. I think he might be the better fit in this particular matchup than Tillman because not only, you know, I think Clark has that, uh, he's pretty adept at that floater, that little push shot that I think the Jazz concede quite a bit with their defense. I think they're they're content giving up those uh, mid-range push shots from about 10 to 15 feet, and, and Clark is, is pretty good at that, uh, at that particular shot. And then also, I think he's a, a little bit better in terms of the being that lob threat and the pick and roll. So it makes it that much harder for a Rudy Gobert to, you know, the Jazz love to defend the pick and roll two on two and Gobert for moments until the guard gets back into the action, the, his guard that was screened. He has to guard two guys at once, and he's so good at that with his size and length. But if you have a big-time lob threat that uh, that can catch passes from, from really high angles, it makes it a little bit easier on that guard, and it makes that Rudy Gobert job of defending two-on-one momentarily that much harder. So we'll see. I think early on, Taylor Jenkins, for the head coach for the Grizzlies, has gone with with the likes of Jaron Jackson Jr. as uh, as the five with uh, uh, when he's uh, taken out Valanciunas with the two personals. But we'll see heading into the the latter portions of the first quarter and into the second what he does with those uh, those big spots. But uh, Memphis, you know, part of the reason they're in this position, they're a playoff team despite being one of the youngest teams to make the playoffs of all time, is, you know, they're, they're a deep basketball team. Jenkins has a lot of options, a lot of depth. They're, they're two or three deep at just about every position on this roster. So uh, he's got some options. They've got some versatility, and you would hope over a seven-game series that, that Jenkins pushes the right buttons personnel-wise. Kyle Anderson was another star for the Grizzlies in that game one. Just uh, an absolute defensive monster. He's one of the best in terms of pickpocketing guards. As we're back from commercial, we're seeing highlights of Donovan Mitchell here for the Jazz. Getting off to the hot start. But uh, Anderson, uh, really good at, uh, at picking guys' pockets, especially when they try to cross over in front of him, just using his long arms and poking it away. The Grizzlies had a 99.5 defensive rating while Anderson was on the court. As we're back from commercial, Memphis going from right to left in this first quarter. It's Morant up top to Grayson Allen. Allen dribbles over to the left wing. Now we'll get left of the paint, and we've got a foul call. I believe it's going to be on Jordan Clarkson reaching in. As Clarkson also just checking into the ballgame for Utah. It's Favors, Clarkson, Conley, Ingles, and O'Neal for the Jazz. It's Morant, Bain, Allen, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Kyle Anderson for the Grizzlies. Here's Morant, top of the key, right wing to Allen. His deep three ball is no good. Rebound O'Neal. O'Neal hands it to Clarkson. Clarkson, top of the key, switched on to by Anderson. Now we'll set another screen. Now they've got the switch with Bain. Clarkson gets to the free throw line, kicks into the corner. O'Neal, beautiful pass inside to Derek Favors, who finishes it with a two-hand flush. Utah 23, Memphis 16, as we approach three and a half minutes to go in this opening period. Here's Morant, top of the key to Bain, gets a screen from Jackson Jr. Bain up top to Morant. Morant guarded by Conley, 10 on the shot clock. Now we'll get a screen from JJJ, dribbling right, picks up his dribble. 
Beautiful pass to Jackson Jr. over the top, and he draws the foul. Derek Favors was kind of three-quartering Jackson there, and uh, J- Morant able to sort of lob that ball over the top and got it to Jackson Jr., and the Jazz could do nothing but foul. So Jackson Jr. will be at the line for two. The first is up and in. JJJ has that uh, unusual release, kind of pushes it in front of his body. But it's a very quick release. It, uh, despite the fact that it's low and you'd think it'd be easy to be blocked, he, uh, you know, given that he's a big man and uh, the, the guys defending him typically are trying to, to help on defense, you know, if you're, if you're not within a couple of feet of him when he starts that motion, he, it's too quick to, uh, to get to. Second one is up and good. So he knocks down both. And the Grizzlies trim the Jazz lead to five here. Conley dribbling down the right wing up top to George Niang, who just checked in. He'll get it to Clarkson right wing. Drives down the paint. Has to uh, double clutch, but can't get the layup to go. Rebound Morant. He'll fire it right wing. Bain into the corner to DeAnthony Melton. Up top, Morant. His three off the back of the iron. Rebound Gobert. Gobert will get it to Conley. He'll push. To Niang, into the right corner, Ingles, the pass was a little off the mark. Ingles couldn't come up with it cleanly. He'll reset, get draws a double, finds Gobert on the cut, into the left corner to Niang for a triple. Beautiful Utah Jazz ball movement there. That's what they've done all season long. And after a horrendous three-point shooting performance in game one, the Jazz are already five of eight from downtown tonight. Here's Moran with the ball at the free throw line. Guarded by Conley. Goes up and under. Puts it up off the glass. And in plus the foul. John Morant looked like he was uh, considering going after that and, and maybe throwing himself an alley-oop, but instead gets it to go. Morant certainly has that level of athleticism to pull off something like that. So after the bucket, he'll get one more from the line to try to make it a five-point game. Off the back of the rim, no good, though, so the Jazz lead remains at six. Gobert gets it to Niang. Now he'll hand it to Conley, who will walk it over the timeline into the front court. Left wing to Niang. Niang guarded by Melton. He'll get it up top to Ingles. At the free throw line, finds a cutting Gobert, and he lays it up and in. Another beautiful pass in the pick and roll. For the Jazz, here's Moran with the basketball. Left of the lane, puts up the five-foot push shot and gets it to go. Those are the kind of shots you're going to have to hit over the likes of Gobert. Here's Ingles, throws it up top, Niang. Niang drives right, and he is fouled. I believe it's Morant who got blown by, trying to reach in from behind and caught some of Niang's arm there. Despite the fact that uh, the Jordan Clarkson won the Sixth Man of the Year award, I, I thought it should have gone to Joe Ingles. I thought he, for one, he's, he's the better player of the two. Clarkson is more just a pure gunner, whereas Ingles can score, but also is a terrific playmaker for his teammates. As the first free throw from Niang is good, as Utah is in the bonus here, with uh, 148 to go in the first. Both teams in the bonus, actually. Morant will take a uh, brief rest here at the closing stages of the first. And Tyus Jones, the, the Grizz backup point guard, is into the contest. And Niang knocks down both. So the Jazz lead is up to eight now. Memphis with the basketball. 
It's Tyus Jones guarded by Conley. We'll get a screen from Tillman. Back to Tillman. He'll hand it off to Bain. Right wing to Jones. Jones picks up his dribble up top. Bain. Bain guarded by Clarkson. Will dribble left. Snakes the screen. Puts up the 17-footer. That's short. Rebound Ingles. Ingles guarded by Bain on the left wing. Gets a screen from Gobert. Now finds Gobert on the screen, but uh, he's too far out to really do anything with it. He'll kick it to Conley, who hands it to Ingles. Ingles back up top, Conley. Eight on the shot clock, guarded by Allen. Conley, now we'll get a screen from Clarkson, switched on to by Melton. Conley drives left, gets into the paint, puts up the shot, no. Fight for the rebound, picked up by Melton. Four on three for Memphis. They'll get a wide open look for Desmond Bain in the right corner, and he doesn't miss too many of those. Bain Shot over 40% this season as a rookie. He's one heck of a shooter. Utah 30, Memphis 25, 48 seconds to go in the first. Here's Conley with the ball, top of the key. Throws it left corner. Ingles three ball is good. Joe Ingles with the answer for the Jazz, and their lead is back up to eight. 40 seconds on the game clock. Let's see if Memphis goes for a two-for-one here. It's Melton with the basketball, guarded by Niang. We'll get a screen from Tillman. Will pull up from the right wing. That one's well short. They did get the two-for-one, but uh, the first possession in the two-for-one ended up with uh, with nothing going. So Utah will uh, will try to dribble it out as much as possible. There's about a four-second differential here. 14 on the game clock. Here's Mitchell, guarded by Melton. We'll get a screen from Clarkson. Now gets switched on to by Allen. Step back three from the top, and he drills it. Mike Conley makes an 11-point Jazz lead. Five seconds to go. Here's Tyus Jones on the right wing. Gets past Gobert. A little scoop shot with the right hand along the right baseline. Gets it to go at the buzzer. A nice little boost for the Grizzlies heading into the, to, uh, the second quarter. But at the end of one, it's the Utah Jazz 36 and the Memphis Grizzlies 27. So again, Utah, after really struggling in that uh, in that first quarter, or excuse me, in that in that game one from the three-point line, they were absolutely on fire in the first quarter here in game two. Yeah, Utah hitting seven of their ten three-pointers for seventy percent. Utah also went 12 of 21 overall for 57%, 5 of 7 from the line, had 6 assists, and uh, just 3 turnovers. Memphis in that first quarter went 11 of 22 from the field, 50%, and just 1 of 6 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, had 5 assists and 1 turnover. Foul trouble. Looks like there's a couple of players, a couple of key guys for the Grizz, Dylan Brooks and Valanchunas, both with two personal fouls after one. That's something to keep an eye out for here as uh, as we continue. For Utah, uh, nobody with two fouls, but O'Neal, Bogdanovich, Conley, Favors, and Clarkson all with one each. Leading the way for the Jazz is uh, Donovan Mitchell with 12 points, three of six shooting. All three of his makes from downtown, as well as three of three from the line. And leading the way for the Grizzlies, it's Ja Morant with 10 points on five of eight from the field. And 0 of two from downtown. So it's been a, a, a very fun ball game so far. But, you know, 
this looks, with, with Donovan Mitchell out there, this looks a lot more like the Utah Jazz team we've seen all season long with terrific ball movement, terrific three-point shooting, uh, guys that can shoot, dribble, and pass all over the floor, and then, of course, on the defensive end, relying on the strength of their Defensive Player of the Year center in Rudy Gobert to, to clean everything up. The other games tonight, the Philadelphia 76ers taking a 2-0 lead in their best-of-seven series over the Washington Wizards with a 120-95 victory. The New York Knicks got a must-win game at home, nodding the series up at one with a 101-92 win coming from behind in the second half. But that series now heads to Atlanta for the next two contests. As we're back from commercial break here, we're getting a look at Taylor Jenkins talking to his team. This is the final game of, uh, of this three-game night. We've got three more tomorrow, though, and of course we'll have plenty of action this weekend as well. Again, this is a League Pass radio episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay. If you've got any questions for me, send them my way on Twitter, at Garrett Bougay. As to start the second quarter, it's Memphis with the basketball going from right to left. It's Jones, Brooks, Valanchunas, Melton, and Allen for the Grizzlies. It's Conley, Ingles, Gobert, Niang, and Clarkson for the Jazz. Here's Brooks with the ball at the top of the key. Five on the shot clock. Will back down at the free throw line. Puts up a fallaway jumper over Ingles. Gets it plus the foul. Ingles a little, you know, a little too physical there. And Brooks able to create the contact and use that contact to get a little separation on that fallaway going to his right. Brooks had such a great stretch in the second half of that game one where he was really was really taking it to the Jazz defenders. Apparently, uh, they just showed a graphic there. The 31 points that Brooks scored in his playoff debut, the most ever by a Grizzlies player in their first ever postseason game. Here's Gobert with the basketball as Brooks knocks down the free throw for the three-point play. Beautiful slip of the screen there from Gobert, and he gets the pass from Niang and flushes it home on the left side of the rim. Here's JV with the basketball up top, hands it off to Allen. Allen at the free throw line, gets into the paint, puts it up. It's rejected by Rudy Gobert and out of bounds. They call him the French rejection, the stifle tower, and you saw a little bit of that right there using those incredibly long arms to block that shot. Here is Grayson Allen for the Grizzlies. Gets to the free throw line now, backs it out. Six on the shot clock, guarded by Clarkson, looking inside for Valanchunas. He'll back down, he'll dribble right, and we've got a three-second violation on JV. As uh, You don't see that often called with the guy with the basketball, but typically if you're a big man and you're posting up, under the rim, you're you're already in the paint for a second or two, and then by the time you catch it, you've got to go up pretty quickly to avoid that 
three-second violation. Here's Ingles with the ball, throws it right side to Conley, gets under the basket, tries to put it up on the left side with his left hand, but can't get it to go. Rebound, Grizzlies. Here's Allen. He'll attack the hoop. Another block from Gobert. Gobert initiates the fast break to Niang. Left wing, Ingles. Right side, Clarkson into the corner to Conley. He drives baseline, throws the lob to Gobert, who finishes it with two hands. A monster slam from Gobert, and he's showing his two-way impact here to start the second quarter. Utah 40, Memphis 30, 10.28 to go in the first half. Tyus Jones will walk it up into the front court for the Grizzlies. Throws it up top to JV. He'll throw it left side, Melton. Melton hands it off to Brooks. Brooks, a beautiful split of the double team, gets to the rim, lays it up and in with the left hand. Dylan Brooks continues to get better and better, seemingly game by game as a player. Here is uh, Jordan Clarkson with the ball on the right wing. Brooks certainly a guy that does not lack confidence. Here's Clarkson, top of the key three, banks it in. I don't think he called it, but it still counts, and the Jazz lead at 43-32. to Here's Jones up top to Valanchunas. He'll hand it off to Allen. Allen gets Clarkson on his back, puts up the floater off the back of the rim, no good. Beautiful rebound there from Conley, and he'll get it to Clarkson. Clarkson down the right side to the right wing. Pull-up triple. That one's off the back of the iron. Rebound, Tyus Jones. We've had quite the frantic pace here to start the second. Jones will gnash the baseline. Finds Grayson Allen, left corner, wide open, and he can't get it to go. Bit of a rough start for Grayson Allen here in this second quarter. And to compound it, he was the one that Jordan Clarkson banked that three over. Niang will inbound it far sideline in the backcourt for the Jazz. He'll get it into Conley. Utah 43, Memphis 32, 9.20 to go in the second quarter. Here's Conley, throws it left wing Ingles, drives left of the lane, beautiful pass fake, then gets it to Niang right corner. He'll drive in, kicks it, Ingles left corner triple, no, and we've got a foul. I think the Grizzlies are complaining that maybe Ingles embellished the contact here. Whether he stuck out an arm or he stuck out a leg to um, to make it seem like he, there was contact with the uh, with the flyby contest. Brooks doesn't like it. That If it's on Brooks also, that will be his third personal. So this is something you've got to consider challenging if you're, if you're Taylor Jenkins. Although after looking at that... Maybe not. <laughs> we haven't got a, a close-up replay here, but it does appear that uh, that Memphis will challenge this. Brooks uh, challenging that quite aggressively. It looked like he actually, his, his legs somehow hit Ingles' shoulder on that shot attempt. But uh, yeah, may, may need a couple of more angles there and see what the referees are looking at at the booth to see if, uh, if that is worthy of... Uh, a reversal, but of course, if you if you don't know the uh, the NBA challenge rule, they have instituted that this season, and coaches get one challenge per game, uh, regardless of whether the challenge is successful or not. Even if you are successful, you you only get that one challenge. You you don't get another. So uh, this is uh, this is Jenkins. Throwing out that uh, that card here in the uh, the first half, I think in part not only is uh, you know taking a potential three three free throws off the board pretty great in terms of just your overall value from a challenge, but also if he can.
prevent one of his better players in Dylan Brooks from picking up that third personal and having to come out of the ball game. That's also a big plus. So, uh, you know, it's uh, as far as value, I think it's good. We'll just have to, to wait and see on the replay if if there's uh, if there's anything worth uh, or if that was worth the challenge. Okay, we've got a uh, if, if we've got a question here from uh, from my cousin Brad Kaler. As uh, his question is, as the underdog in the series, what does Memphis have to do to move past the Jazz? Well, I mean, I think obviously defensively they have to do their best to keep the Jazz from just playing that beautiful brand of basketball. They've got to muck things up. They've got to get really physical and uh, make make Utah uncomfortable, make them an isolation basketball team. And they've got a lot of personnel that can switch. Uh, some, some lineups I think they've got to go to where, you know, they, they play a little bit smaller but can, can make things difficult. One thing about Rudy Gobert, his biggest weakness on the offensive end is he's not much of a, a post-up presence. So you've got to make him, you, you, you've got to take advantage of that, and you can switch a smaller guy onto him, and the only way he can really beat that is getting on the offensive glass. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you team rebound and, and make Utah play isolation basketball, uh, I think you've got you've got a chance, and and this Grizzlies defense has been good all year. They've got to make these games low scoring affairs, um, make them grind it out, slow basketball games. And then on the offensive end, it's going to come down to this. This Grizzlies team is is not a very good three point shooting basketball team, but they have some guys that are capable of getting hot. Whether that's Jaron Jackson Jr. or Dylan Brooks. Uh, you know, Desmond Bain, of course, is a good shooter. Grayson Allen is capable. They need to, you know, if, if the expectation is for them to win this series, they're going to have to shoot better than you would expect in this series from downtown. And John Morant, as their star player, has got to make enough of those difficult little floaters, shots around the rim with the contest of Gobert to to uh, keep their offense afloat. Oh, and, and now we're back from commercial. Thanks again for that question, Brad, as uh, we're back from commercial as Joe Ingles will be at the line they uh, I think the the challenge was unsuccessful and I could see where uh, what Memphis was thinking there it did appear that Ingles sort of moved a little bit to his right as Brooks was flying past him to draw the contact but I uh, I think it's right that they upheld it in because I think there was going to be contact whether uh, whether Ingles moved slightly or not. So, Ingles knocking down the uh, the first the first couple of free throws there. The final one is up and in. So the Jazz lead now up to 14 here, 46-32 as we approach nine minutes to go in the first half. Morant with the basketball near the half court stripe throws it to Anderson. Beautiful backdoor cut to Morant, but he is rejected by Gobert. What a tremendous play. In transition, here's Niang with a three from the left side. It's partially blocked, and actually Bain with the save for the Grizzlies. Anderson into the right corner to Melton. Melton back up to Morant. I can't wait to see the highlight of that uh, rejection from Gobert. Here's Morant with the basketball left of the lane. Puts up the difficult shot, and he draws the foul. I believe that one's going to be on Donovan Mitchell. 
And here we are getting a replay of it. Morant went in and Gobert said, no thank you. I'll take that. I do appreciate the courage from Morant to go in there and try to, to throw one down over the Stifle Tower. As the first free throw from Morant is up and in. Uh, looks like we've got some uh, we've got some trash talking going on between the two teams there after that uh, that last highlight. Second free throw is up and that one rolls off the front of the rim and doesn't go. So Utah gets it back, leading by 13, eight and a half to go in this first half. Here's Mitchell. He'll jog it up into the front court, gets a screen from Niang, dribbles left, hands it off to Clarkson. Clarkson guarded by Morant. Now he'll get a screen from Niang, gets switched onto by Melton. He'll drive left into the paint, a little floater falling away to his left and gets it to go. Very difficult shot there from Clarkson, but uh, that's what he's here for is uh, to, to score the basketball for this Jazz team. Here is JV. Hands it off to Morant. He gets to the line, to the lane. Tries to throw it back to Valanchunas, but he wasn't looking for it. And that'll be a turnover. That's the challenge, though, with a ground-bound center compared to someone like Brandon Clark, who is yet to, to see the floor for the Grizzlies. Is It's tough to, it's really tough to navigate around Gobert when, when you uh, are, are trying to deal with his length there. As the ball is thrown inside to Gobert, and we've got another foul and this one might be on Valanchunas, which is a big one because I believe that will be his third. Yeah, and, you know, Morant on that one, such tight quarters there with him and, and JV. They're just a couple of feet away from each other, and he's throwing a little missile there. It's uh, very unlikely that he can make that catch. Gobert with six points, six rebounds, and two blocks. Already missed a couple free throws earlier in the uh, the ball game and misses that one. He's never been a very good free throw shooter. For the season, I believe he was right around 2nd free throw is up and that one goes. He finally gets one. Jazz lead up to 16, 49 to 33 here. John Morant dribbles it into the front court, gets double teamed at the top, finds a cutting Anderson. He'll pitch it to Jackson Jr. and he is fouled. So JJJ will go to the line for two. Yeah, Gobert on the season, I was right, 62.3% for the season for Gobert. Jackson Jr. at the line, he knocks down the first. He shot 83.3% from the charity stripe in the uh, 2021 season as he knocks down both. Utah 49, Memphis 35, 7.40 to go in the second quarter. Mitchell will get it and walk it up over the timeline into the front court, guarded by Bain, gets a screen from Gobert, dribbles right, 
Goes between the legs. Step back jumper from 20. That one rattles in and out. That was halfway down. Rebound Melton. Melton will push it for the Grizzlies. Guarded by Clarkson. We'll get a screen from Jackson Jr. Beautiful pocket pass, but uh, Jackson Jr. can't finish with the left hand, but Melton there for the putback slam. Big play from the guard as uh, he cuts the Jazz lead to 12. Here's Bogdanovich gets into the paint, kicks it. Clarkson right wing three, no good. Royce O'Neal with a big-time offensive rebound and sticks it in. So Utah leading it 51-37. 6.53 to go in the second. Here's Moreno with the basketball, top of the key, gets a staggered screen. Now will reject it, gets the line, puts up the floater. That's short, gets his own rebound and is fouled by Bogdanovich. Morant there, uh, oftentimes you'll see as the shooter in those situations, you know where the ball is going better than anyone else. So uh, he was able to anticipate where that was going to come off the rim and, and get there first. Jenkins, uh, the coach of the Grizz, not happy about something there. But Morant will be at the line for two. The first is up and no good. So he's missed a couple of free throws in the early going. Moran on the season, a 72.8% free throw shooter. That's the big part of his game that he's going to have to continue to improve and grow as the years go on is that outside jump shot. Getting better touch on that. Teams have been relatively content letting him fire away from the outside. Second free throw is up and in. He's got all the athleticism, passing, and, and skill, ball handling in the world. He just needs to improve that jumper, and he'll be relatively unstoppable. Here's Mitchell, right wing. Gets it to O'Neal, right back to Mitchell. Now Mitchell switched on to by Morant. He'll send Bogdanovich away. He wants to isolate against Morant. He's on the right wing. Will step back to his right. That one was offline from the start. Rebound Bain. He'll get it to Morant. Morant pushing it, finds Melton, a beautiful Euro step, but can't finish the layup on the left side. Here's Utah with an advantage transition. They'll get it to Bogdanovich, right wing, sidesteps to his left, takes the three off the heel, no good, a rebound Morant. Again, really fast pace here, Morant goes behind the back, goes around favors and finishes with the left hand off the glass. Ja Morant with a terrific play, that will lead to a timeout. With the score, the Utah Jazz 51, the Memphis Grizzlies 40, with 5.59 to go in the second quarter. You saw a little bit of what makes Morant special there, the speed, the agility, the explosion at the basket, and the ability to finish with either hand. This is Garrett Bouguet. You're listening to Duncan Dynasty, a special live League Pass radio edition, bringing you the entirety of this Game 2 between the 8-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in the Western Conference and the 1-seeded Utah Jazz. We're also getting our, uh, our first look at Donovan Mitchell in quite some time, and, and from what I have seen, he has looked quite terrific. Although he, he has been more, you know, he's been more reliant on the jump shot in the early going. He, he's knocked him down at a, at a decent rate. So, you know, it's uh, that's not a slight. Just we haven't seen him attack the rim as much so far to see how he looks as far as his explosion and his vertical and, 
and all of that attacking the basket yet. But we, you know, we've seen a, a much more intense, intense uh, Utah Jazz basketball team, a, a, a team that is uh, is moving the basketball and, and playing more the style that we saw all year long. But the, the the other good thing is, you know, Memphis does not seem content with the, you know, getting one on the road. They are playing hard. They're uh, they they have uh, you know have, have come out to play and are competing here. Hopefully that continues throughout the rest of the ball game. A couple of uh, injury notes from the earlier games today. Tobias Harris sprained his ankle in the second quarter in the uh, the Sixers' win over the Wizards. He did return and, and looked fine, but that's something to keep an eye on. Stuff like that can can uh, you know your ankle can swell up once you uh, you rest it and sleep on it and, and all of that. Also, Russell Westbrook had a had an ankle injury in uh, in that game. Of course, again the Wizards losing that one by 25 and. Uh, a poor showing from the the Sixers fans, or I guess one fan in particular, as uh, Westbrook was walking back to the locker room, one of the fans poured popcorn on him from above, and obviously that uh, that agitated Westbrook, rightfully so. But uh, hopefully that fan is disciplined and, and hopefully banned for life from ever attending a uh, a basketball game again. That's just it's uncalled for. On these League Pass radios, I will not be taking any commercial breaks. I'll be with you for the entirety of the ball game, and uh, throughout the the rest of this, I'll probably be breaking down my thoughts on some of the other series that we have seen. As uh, we are back from commercial here, we're seeing an inside tracks. John Morant apparently wearing the mic tonight, but uh, we've got three games tomorrow. The Bucks Heat Game Three, Bucks with a 2-0 lead in that series. Suns Lakers Game Three, Lakers of course winning last night to tie that series at one. And then also the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers Game Three. That one, that series going to Portland for the next two. As we're back, Utah going from left to right here in the second quarter. Mitchell throws it left wing to Clarkson, gets a screen from Favors, pulls up from three, and he is fouled. Looks like Jackson Jr. a little overeager to contest that shot. Got into his uh, landing area, and Clarkson will shoot three. First one is up and in. I don't have much to say about the the Philadelphia Washington series, to be honest. I think that I I predicted that to be a sweep, and from what I've seen thus far, it looks like we're well on our way to that being a sweep, with the Sixers up 2-0 and and this game two being pretty much a no contest from the start. As we're getting a look at Clarkson receiving his sixth man of the year award prior to the game, and Clarkson able to. Knock all three down, and the Jazz lead back up to 14, 54 to 40. 5:45 to go till halftime. Here's Morant left, or excuse me, right wing gets a screen from Anderson. Back to Anderson, pick and pop three. That one's short. 
Anderson, not known as a shooter, but has uh, has made some improvements in that area this season. Here's Mitchell. Beautiful crossover. Gets into the paint. Lays it up and in with the right hand right in front of the rim. There's a good uh, show of explosion there from Mitchell. Here's Jackson Jr. He'll cross over, gets into the paint, bodies against Favors, and puts it up with the right hand off the but glassing in. Memphis cuts the Jazz lead to 14. Mitchell, beautiful pocket pass to Favors, and he is fouled on the roll. I believe that's Kyle Anderson coming over. Yeah, I think Utah being extra careful with Mitchell and, and not bringing him back for that game one looks to uh, looks so far to be the right move because he looks great here so far. And, you know, Utah playing the long game here. I think they realize that even if we, we lose game one, we're a good enough team to respond and, and win this series. It's, it's more about making sure that he's okay for, for the entire playoffs given that, uh, at least on the offensive end, he's he's their most important piece. As uh, Favors hits one of two, and the Jazz lead at 57-42 as we approach five minutes to go in the second. Here's Morant, top of the key, drives left past O'Neal, gets into the paint, beautiful pass to the cutting Anderson, and he lays it up and in with the left hand on the right side. Anderson, very good with those timely cuts. Here's Mitchell to the line, to the lane, puts up a right hand, half hook, over Jackson Jr., no. Rebound favors. He'll kick it out to Mitchell. Fakes the three. Drives baseline. Stops. Kicks it. Clarkson right wing. Up top Bogdanovich. He drives in. Lays it up and in with the right hand on the left side with a little bit of English. And the Jazz lead back to 15. Here is Jackson Jr. Spins in the paint. Puts up the right hand jump hook. Gets it to go. But we've got an offensive foul. Jackson Jr. cannot believe that call. But it looked like Favors, at least in uh, at least partially, was able to read that and, and get his body in front. I don't know if there was enough contact there to warrant the offensive foul, but I thought the defender's positioning was solid. JV has been uh, sitting over on the Grizzlies bench for quite some time with those with uh, foul trouble. That's something I would like to see a little bit more aggression from Jenkins to play his best guys even. With with some foul trouble. Here's Bogdanovich. Left block guarded by Melton. He'll back down. Spins baseline. Picks up his dribble. Finds Clarkson. Right wing wide open. No good. Fight for the rebound. And it's going to be O'Neal with the hack on Melton. So the Grizzlies will get it. Trailing by 15 here. 4-12 to go in the second. And it looks like Memphis is now in the bonus. So given that, that was not uh, not a particularly smart foul by, by O'Neal there. On the rebound as Melton misses the first. Melton has been a plus-minus darling for the Grizzlies the last couple of years. Usually when he's on the floor, good things have happened for Memphis. But he's really been has reduced to a very small role in this series so far as he misses both free throws. 
Off the miss, it's Bogdanovich left wing. Jab step drives into the paint. Has the ball poked away by Bain, but it goes out of bounds. Utah will keep it with 13 on the shot clock. There you see the two-way presence of Bain there. Of course, the, the great three-point shooting. He's you, you Just looking at him, he's he's got a, a lot of muscle. He's a strong guy and then can move his feet reasonably well. And that time even got beat slightly, but able to get his hand in there and poke it away. Inbounding it for the Jazz. It's Conley. He'll get it left corner. Bogdanovich hands it to Gobert. Back to Bogdanovich. Beautiful move as Bogdanovich, a little hesitation, got his defender on his back, then bursts to the rim and lays it up with the right hand with a scoop. And the Jazz lead at 61-42, or 61-44, excuse me. Here's Moran with the ball. Jazz go under the screen, and Morant drills it. That's the shot. That's the shot that if Morant hits, he's uh, really unguardable. And he knocked that one down and makes it, or cuts the Jazz lead to 14. Three and a half to go in this first half. Here's Mitchell. We've got another foul off the ball. Uh, I believe it's going to be on Desmond Bain. He doesn't like it. And it uh, looks like Utah is not yet in the bonus, so they will they will inbound it. Again, Brooks and Valanciunas have been on that bench for a while here. Actually, no, Utah is now into the, uh, or the, the Grizzlies are in the penalty now, so, so Utah will get two free throws as Bogdanovich hits the first. Bogdanovich blowing on his hands, trying to keep him warm. He was uh, quite warm in the second half of game one, putting up 29 in, a, in the half, just absolutely lighting it up as uh, he knocks down both free throws. The Jazz lead back up to 16. Morant hands it to Anderson, back to Morant, goes behind the back. Beautiful little sh uh, push shot, but it's well short. Beautiful move to create the separation, but uh, was woefully short on the, uh, the push attempt. Here's Ingles right of the lane, tries to get it. To Bogdanovich, here's slow-mo with the steal. He'll go in for the slam with the right hand over Ingles. And the Grizzlies bench love that. Slow-mo, known for that because he's not the, the, the quickest of foot, able to get the steal and get down and, and finish with the right-hand slam. Here's Conley, gets a screen from Gobert, goes right of the lane, throws up that right-hand floater, and gets the friendly roll. Mike Conley makes it Utah 65, Memphis 49, 2.40 to go in the second. Here's Morant. At the logo, awaiting a screen from Tillman. Picks up his dribble, and we've got a foul on O'Neal, who's been a little over-aggressive here in the second quarter. But uh, those kinds of plays is what Anderson... Anderson will give you a couple of those just about every game where he sneaks in, uses his long arms. He's He's got real, a really high basketball IQ. He'll sneak in and, and make a couple of those steals, which leads to a, a transition opportunity. He had, he had six steals... In, in game one, as Morant hits the first free throw, again, Memphis in the bonus here, as Niang checking in for Utah. Niang had a miserable game one, I believe one of seven from three, and had a bunch of wide open looks. Second free throw is no good, tipped out, but it goes to Utah. Here's Conley with the basketball for the Jazz, now on the left wing. Gets a screen from Gobert, throws it up to Gobert, and he is... Bear hugged by Grayson Allen, and Gobert will go to the line. Probably a smart foul there as Gobert was going to dunk that home. And again, at just 62% from the line, might as well take your chances. 
especially with a player like Allen who plays limited minutes anyway. So Gobert with the three dribbles, bends his knees, puts the first one up, and that one's way short. You often see with these mediocre shooters, especially from the, the big position, the center position, uh, it seems like a lot of them are either it's, it's a brick or it's a swish. We'll see if uh, he corrects that first mistake. Nope, they were both bricks. As, uh, Gobert, I believe that's four or five free throws he's missed already in this first half. Here's Moran with the basketball at the top, guarded by Conley. Dribbling over to his left, hands it to Anderson. Anderson to the free throw line. Turns over his right shoulder, gets into the paint, and he's going to be called for a travel. Anderson doesn't like it, but uh, I think that was probably the right call there. He, he could have called a travel or potentially a three-second violation. Either one would have sufficed. Yeah, Jackson Jr., Brooks, and Valanchunas all with three personals for Memphis. Conley again gets it inside to Gobert, and he is fouled once again, so Gobert will go back to the free-throw line. Conley that time had the open look for three, but saw Gobert streaking wide open under the rim. Got it to him. But, uh, you know, unless you're certain Gobert is going to get that one up and in before the foul can happen, it might be just a better situation just to take that shot. Gobert's first free throw. That one goes. He's been short on most of these misses. That time was a little bit short, but got the roll. So Gobert with one more to make this a 17-point game, and he gets it. Utah 67, Memphis 50, as we've got two minutes to go in this first half. Morant will jog it up into the front court. Guarded by Conley, gets a screen from Bain, crosses over to the line, to the lane. Beautiful pass out, and that's Tillman for three from the right corner. Can't get it to go. Tillman's struggles continue. Here's Conley with the basketball on the left wing. Guarded by Allen. He'll dribble right, gets into the paint, kicks it out by Donovich, right wing, and he is bumped and fouled by Morant. And again, this uh, parade to the free throw line for the Jazz will continue. This has not been one of the better defensive halves that, uh, that you've seen from the Grizzlies so far. They're a physical basketball team, but they've got to be a little bit more disciplined. As Bogdanovich missing the first free throw. Jazz doing them some favors, though, by uh, not converting enough at the free throw line. Second one from Bogdanovich is good. So Utah's lead now up to 18 as Anderson will get it into Bain. Back to Anderson. Anderson will walk it over the timeline into the front court. Gets a screen from Tillman. Back to Tillman on the pick and pop. Tillman now hands off to Morant. He'll fire the three ball. That one's off the heel. Gobert with the board. He'll get it to Ingles. Ingles crosses over, throws it right corner to Bogdanovich. He'll back down on Allen on the mismatch. Bogdanovich. Has it poked away. He'll turn. Throws it cross court to Niang. Into the paint. Ingles right wing into the corner by Donovich. And he drills the three. That is Utah Jazz basketball at its finest. 
Bogdanovich draws the double team. They swing it around, and it eventually ends up back in Bogdanovich's hands for an open three. And we've got another foul off the ball. This has become a bit ugly here in the second quarter in terms of uh, a lot of whistles and a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of contact, ugly basketball on the defensive end. As Bogdanovich that time just running through the screen of, uh, of John Morant. Morant's first free throw is up and in. 52.9 seconds to go in the second quarter. Morant up to 19 points looking for 20 here. 7 of 14 from the field. 4 of 8 from the free throw line, make it 5 of 9, and he now has 20. Utah 71, Memphis 52. 50 seconds to go. Conley with the basketball for the Jazz, hands it to Niang. Back to Conley, up top Gobert. He'll hand it to Ingles, right wing. Ingles dribbles to his right, pulls up from 3, and drills it. Joe Ingles, one of the best shooters in the NBA this season, gives the Jazz a... 22-point edge. Here's Morant. Goes behind the back, but lost it. Picked up Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich will push it for Utah. He'll throw it right wing Conley into the corner. Niang shot fake. Gets the defender off his feet, but shuffled his feet. That was a good shot fake. He had the open look, but uh, moved a little bit to the left, and the ref caught it. So 28.2 on the game clock, so about a 4.2 second differential. So Memphis will try to, I imagine, take this down towards the end of the of the half. Morant with it on the right wing near the Vivint Arena logo. Now seven on the shot clock, 11 on the game clock, guarded by Conley. Morant isolating, will drive past him, gets into the paint. Beautiful vertical contest from Gobert, but Morant able to take the body bump and finish. Here is Conley pushing it back for Utah. Two on the game clock. Will fade away from the left corner. Can't get it to go. And that will end the first half with the score. The Utah Jazz 74. And the Memphis Grizzlies 54. Utah after a 36-27 first quarter. Followed that up with a 38-27 second. So Memphis, you know, offensively they haven't been too bad. It's really been on the defensive end. They've been fouling way too much. They've uh, been conceding too much penetration, which leads to a lot of that uh, that classic jazz ball movement that's so fun to watch. But Utah, you know, rather dominant in that first half and, and looking like the number one seed that they are. So let's get into, now that we're at halftime, let's get into my thoughts on the other series. I mentioned I don't have much to say about Philadelphia-Washington. It looks like the Sixers just outclassed the Wizards in that series. Uh, you know, To beat Philadelphia, I think you've got to be able to really slow them down offensively. And Washington allowing 120 tonight. They just don't have the personnel. The Wizards play small uh, with uh, with like a lot of three guard lineups with Ish Smith and Howell Neto and and Beal and Westbrook they play a lot of small guys and the the Sixers just have so much size that uh, they they haven't really been able to do enough on the defensive end to make Philadelphia uncomfortable and you've really got to beat them in a grinded out affair unless you're just a unbelievable offense which the Wizards frankly are not. 
So that uh, that would not surprise me if that ends up in a sweep. We'll uh, we'll talk about the Eastern Conference series first. Of course, that that series I just referenced is the one eight in the East. The two versus the seven also looks to be headed towards a sweep. That's the two seated Brooklyn Nets against the seven seated Boston Celtics. Of course, it's it's unfortunate that Boston is without their second best player in Jalen Brown for the series. Not that it looks like it'll it would have mattered. Uh, the Nets just have so much offensive firepower with their big three and James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Those guys are such great isolation scorers. You can play perfect defense, and they can still score on you. They flank those guys with terrific shooters, and Joe Harris and Landry Shamit, and even Jeff Green has shot the ball incredibly well this year. So they're just they're just really going to be tough to stop and. The Celtics, even with Jalen Brown, I think would be a, a big-time underdog, and without him, they just don't stand much of a chance at all. So, uh, you know, those two look to be headed towards sweeps. Also, the 3-6 in the East is uh, is looking pretty lopsided so far. That's the three-seeded Milwaukee Bucks facing the six-seeded Miami Heat. And, you know, there's there's some bad blood between those two teams, of course, with Miami defeating Milwaukee last year in the bubble in five games. But this is a much better Milwaukee team. Drew Holiday replacing Eric Bledsoe is huge. Miami was able to just completely ignore Bledsoe uh, on the uh, on the defensive end and and muck everything up with with Giannis and everybody else. But with Drew Holiday, you know, being a really good three-point shooter, you can't leave him. And also, you know, the Heat had better personnel to deal with Giannis last year with with the with the likes of Jay Crowder. He could actually hold up strength-wise. Whereas Trevor Ariza, for as much as I like him, and he's had some great defensive performances in, in his career, most notably in that 2018 Western Conference Finals series with the Rockets and Warriors where he defended Kevin Durant quite well. He just does not have the bulk, the strength to deal with Giannis. So not only uh, are the Heat suffering in terms of the one-on-one matchup handling Giannis, but then Milwaukee has surrounded him with even better shooting this time around. So any help you give is being punished. We saw that with Bryn Forbes just absolutely lighting the, uh, the Heat up in Game 2 with a bunch of open threes. So that series appears to be over. I don't want to count Miami out quite yet just because I, you know, I realize that their their two best players in in Butler, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have not played well, but I think part of that is Milwaukee's defense. They uh, they do such a great job with with the length of Giannis and the length of Brook Lopez to take away the uh uh, you know the the inside scoring of their opposition, and Miami is so reliant with Butler of getting to the rim, drawing fouls, and Bam, you know, overpowering his uh, his opponent, and and sometimes beating him off the dribble. But Lopez is backing off of Bam so much that uh, you know he's just conceding those fifteen footers. And when Lopez is two feet from the rim, you're you know, and, and you force the action to try to make a layup over him, he's just going to block you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, so, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a sweep as well, but, uh, you know, again, I, um, 
respect the heat enough to to not suggest that uh you know a sweep is a foregone conclusion at this point as far as the the four five series in the east it's a it's a showdown between two teams that i think are are pretty evenly matched in the four seeded new york knicks and the five seeded atlanta hawks of course the knicks getting the win earlier tonight 101 to 92 to to tie up that series in large part due to a third quarter where they outscored the Hawks 32-18. But uh, Atlanta, I think, is the the more talented basketball team, and their bench just absolutely killed them in in this ballgame. Danilo Gallinari, a guy that's known as an offensive player. You know, most of the guys on the Hawks' bench are known as more offensively talented than defensive guys, and... They just couldn't score. Lou Williams, Gallinari, Herter, John Collins. Uh, you know, they, they had some lineups with Clint Capella out there or Anyeka Kangu, the rookie. But those lineups just did not get it done on the offensive end. Gallinari was, was atrocious. He got a ton of open looks and just bricked most of them. And he, you know... He's a he's a liability defensively. You know, if those if those bench units for the Hawks can't score, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and McMillan, I think, did a poor job of recognizing that okay, our, my bench is, you know, just not bringing it tonight. I need to go back to the starters. And by the time he finally went back to him, the Hawks had a like a 15 point lead at halftime. They were down 10 by the time they brought the starters back. You know. <laughs> You, you've got to uh, you've got to use your timeouts. You've got to uh, you've got to manage things a little bit better if your bench is that just that terrible. And so he did a poor job. It's really you know it's a it's a funny thing where both Nate McMillan, the head coach of the, the, the Hawks, and Tom Thibodeau, the head coach of the Knicks, they're great regular season coaches. Both of these teams were a lot better than I think most people expected with them at the helm. But then, you know, their playoff track record, uh, both of their playoff track records are, uh, you know, disappointing to say the least. And Tibbs, you know, the the issue that he has had and, and Knicks fans have been complaining about all season is the fact that he's continued to start Alfred Payton, despite the fact that Payton is, you know, the fifth best guard on the roster. You know, he he plays Derrick Rose as the backup point guard close to 40 minutes a night. Emmanuel Quickly, the rookie point guard, he's played him about 20-plus minutes in each game, and he's played his starting point guard, Alfred Payton, eight minutes. So if you like if you like Derrick Rose and you like Emmanuel Quickly more than you like Alfred Payton, and the Alfred Payton starting lineup has failed miserably all season long, including in this series, just sit Payton completely. Take him out of the rotation entirely quickly can play more than 21 minutes. If if there's four to eight minutes more time for quickly and quickly is the better player, that's you know, that's what you should be doing as the coach. It's been it's been incredibly frustrating that Tibbs has has been so stubborn with uh, keeping Peyton in the starting lineup. He he at least in this one did not start Peyton in the second half, so we only gave him five minutes total, but that's still five minutes too many. So it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, both of these coaches, I think, 
are uh, are gonna are gonna leave you scratching your head watching this series at times. And it might be a matter of who who wins the series. Might just be a matter of which coach you know, does a less bad job out there, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I picked the Hawks to win this series in six. I think they just have more talent. The starters for the Hawks outplayed the Knicks starters. Even the, I thought the the, the Hawks starters outplayed the Knicks starters with Derrick Rose uh, instead of Alfred Payton. So I, I believe that to be true. I think the Hawks starters are just better. They've got more talent. I I think the Hawks bench is pretty good offensively, despite being miserable in Game Two, uh, and and I would hope that McMillan would learn from the fact that you know when your bench is just getting utterly annihilated, that maybe you should extend your starters a little bit more. You know, if Trey Young has to play a few more minutes because his replacement is not getting it done, so be it. Uh, but but that's going to be that's going to be fascinating. I think that's going to be easily the most competitive series in the Eastern Conference. That could go seven games, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch as that series moves to Atlanta for games three and four. I'll get to the the Western Conference thoughts here momentarily, but I just wanted to say thank you to anyone tuning in and listening. I am Garrett Bouguet. This is Duncan Dynasty, a special live episode called League Pass Radio, where I bring you live play-by-play and advanced stats throughout the entirety of the ball game. If you've never listened to Duncan Dynasty before, it's a uh, it's a weekly podcast hosted by me and my really good friend Corbin Ford. Uh, I'll talk to Corbin on a lot of episodes. Occasionally, I'll bring in some guests, but most of the the people involved in this pod have attended. The, uh, the program Sports Business Classroom, um, that is a, uh, a week-long event in Las Vegas during NBA Summer League, and I've been proud, I was proud to, to be a part of that program, I was proud to meet a, a bunch of people that I still call my friends from that, uh, uh, from that week-long course, and uh, it's, it's fun to have sort of a Rolodex of guys from 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 that SBC grouping that uh, that I can talk to about hoops and I didn't really have that before attending that class so I'm very thankful for that but yeah we we bring you weekly episodes and uh, most of the time it's it's people that know what they're talking about they're they're big time uh, big time fans of the league and fans of various teams uh, I mentioned at the outset that I had a a couple of episodes that I released last week. Uh, that uh, previewed both of the Eastern and Western Conference first-round series. I spoke with Ryan Edwards, who's a big Atlanta Hawks fan. I'm sure he's not happy tonight after the Hawks gave two loss, but uh, Ryan really knows his stuff. We broke down all of the Eastern Conference playoff matchups in that one. Also spoke with uh, Brett Kornfeld, another SBC guy, first-time guest on the program. He was really fun to have on, and we broke down the the Western Conference first-round matchups. So you can check those out if you're looking for a little bit of analysis and, and some thoughts going into those series. And of course, in the weeks ahead, I plan on you know not only doing more of these League Pass radios, but doing more previews for future rounds of the playoffs, whether that's the, the conference semifinals or the conference finals or then the, the NBA finals. But also, you know, uh, I hope to have some guests on to just break down some of these fantastic games that we've seen so far. Of course, last night uh, we had a 
unbelievable performance from a couple of guys in that Clippers-Mavs game. Luka Doncic and Kawhi Leonard absolutely putting on a show offensively. But uh, yeah, if, uh, if you get a chance, please like, rate, and review. Subscribe to the show on, uh, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That is, uh, that is much appreciated. And uh, yeah, if, uh, as soon as you subscribe, uh, the episodes, when they, they come out, typically on Wednesdays, they'll be, uh, they'll be right there in your feed for you to, uh, to uh, start them up. So again, thanks for, thanks for listening, and I'll be with you here for the whole second half. So let's, let's get to the, uh, the Western Conference, some of my Western Conference thoughts. And one of the one of the uh, of course the the one eight matchup we're talking about here. So you know I'm I'm going to be continuing to break this down as we go. So we'll we'll skip over that for now. But the uh, the two seven matchup is the Suns and the Lakers. And the biggest thing about this series is it's such a disappointment that Chris Paul hurt his shoulder in that game one. He has not been the same since. He's had trouble dribbling the basketball, which. If you've watched Chris Paul for his career, he's one of the best ball handlers. He's not flashy like a Kyrie Irving, but he's so consistent. He rarely mishandles the ball, and he's done that about six or seven times by my count in just basically a game and a half of playing time through the first two games of that Suns-Lakers series. He also seems to be you know, having to sort of uh, almost shot put his jumper as we're about to get underway again if you're trying to sync up your video with my audio we're getting a graphic of the start of the third quarter now we're seeing Bogdanovich and his points this series but uh yeah Chris Paul you know if he if he looks like he does in game two moving forward it's over the Lakers have won the series but my hope is that as the series progresses and he gets further and further away from that stinger, that contusion that they called it, that uh, hopefully he will look better. As we're back now, going from left to right in this first quarter, or excuse me, in the third quarter is the Grizzlies. It's Valanchunas, Anderson, Brooks, Morant, and Jackson Jr. for the Grizz as Brooks gets a handoff and hits a right elbow jumper to start off the second half. It's Utah 74, Memphis 56. It's Conley, Gobert, Mitchell, O'Neal, and Bogdanovich for Utah. Here's O'Neal, gets it to Bogdanovich off a curl, pulls up from 13 feet, and drills it. So both teams hitting their first shot out of the halftime break. Here's Moreno with the ball, top of the key. They go under the screen, and he drills the triple. Again, we saw in that play-in game with the Grizzlies and Warriors, he was able to make the Warriors pay for going under. But, uh, you know, playing the percentages, I think typically, you know, all season long, Morant has struggled from the three-point line. As Mitchell splitting the double gets into the paint, puts it up with the left hand, no good. Fight for the rebound, picked up by Anderson. Anderson gets it to Brooks. He's Brooks. He's bumped, and he puts it up. Does not uh, get the and one, but uh, there will be a foul on the floor. I believe it's on Bogdanovich. I thought that was close to being a continuation there for Brooks. Because he uh, seemingly had picked up his dribble and didn't uh, didn't s- s- dribble it again until he went up for the layup. Brooks will inbound it on the near sideline, gets it into Valanciunas. He'll get it back. Now Brooks goes behind the back at the free throw line, guarded by O'Neal. He'll hand it to Morant. Morant now awaiting a screen from Valanciunas. He'll get a 
He'll get it. He'll step back for three. No, and we've got another foul. Potentially off the ball here. Again, we had a, a, lot of, a lot of stoppages in that second quarter. Hopefully we get a little bit more back to a flow here in the second half. Brooks will inbound at far sideline, gets it to JV, back to Brooks for a three from the left wing. He drills it. Brooks with a quick five to start the second half, and the Grizzlies not going away. They've cut the Jazz lead to 14 here. Here's Mitchell, and we've got another foul. <laughs> and this looks to be on Dylan Brooks, which is a big one because that is number four. Brooks has uh, consistently had foul trouble throughout his uh, his time in the NBA, as this time he got wrapped up with Gobert, the screener. We'll see what Jenkins does if he leaves Brooks in. Well, so far he is. Here is Mitchell with the ball at the top, gets a screen from Gobert, dribbles left, pulls up from three and nails it. Donovan Mitchell with a big triple. And the Jazz lead at 79-62, to 10-20 to go in the third. Here's Moreno with the ball at the top of the key, dribbles left. Gets left lane, goes behind the back, kicks it out. Anderson, he fakes the three, drives right, gets into the paint, shoulders Mitchell, doesn't get it to go, gets his own rebound, puts it back up and in. Slow-mo makes it a, cuts the lead to 15. Here's Bogdanovich, right wing, guarded by Jackson Jr., back up top to Conley. Conley gets a screen from Gobert, throws it right wing, Bogdanovich fakes the three, drives left, step back from 20, and hits. Boyan Bogdanovich continues to have the touch for the Jazz. They lead at 81-64. Here's Morant. He'll cross over, gets to the free throw line. Now dribbles over left of the lane, puts up a floater, and gets it to go. Morant showing some aggressiveness. Both Memphis guards being very aggressive to start this third quarter. Here is Mitchell with the ball. Dribbles right now. Step back over Brooks for three is pure. Donovan Mitchell looking like the all-star we saw for most of the season. And the Jazz lead back to 18. Both teams exchanging buckets here in the early moments of this third quarter. Here's Moran with the ball. Throws it left wing. Jackson Jr. He'll fire away. He gets it to go. Jackson Jr. with the answer. And the lead for the Jazz back to 15. Nine minutes to go in the third. Here's Mitchell with the ball. Gets a screen from Gobert. Throws it to Gobert under the rim. Catches it. Puts it up. Can't get it to go. Missed the bunny. But Jackson Jr. there to contest. Here's Brooks. Crosses over on Conley. Gets to the rim. Lays it up and in with the left hand. Beautiful play from Dylan Brooks in transition. Going one on two. Just showing that strength. And the Grizzlies. I, I really enjoy watching this Memphis basketball team. They've got a lot of fight. A lot of heart. They will not surrender. And uh, they have battled their way back here to make this a ball game again. And cut the lead to 13 as we head to another timeout. But speaking of the, uh, again, going back to that Suns-Lakers series, a lot of this is going to come down to Chris Paul's health. Uh, you know, the Lakers, of course, play that traditional center defense with, with Drummond or Gasol or even Harrell at times. And, you know, having both Booker and Paul to attack those, uh, those drop-back centers is is big and also you know the Lakers have been able to especially in the second half of game two really just throw either Caruso or KCP on Booker at all times knowing that they can they can just hide Schroeder on Chris Paul because Paul is not a threat and 
you know, that that is a problem. I think one of the things that makes the Sun special is not only do you have two guys that are both good at similar things, but just having both of them on the floor to attack weak links on the opposition. And also, you know, you've got a situation where Booker will get it to start the possession. He'll attack the defense and say, you know, uh, sometimes you, you run pick and roll and the defense covers it up. So you switch it to the other side and allow that person then to attack. And the Suns have such a, such a great duo there where Booker can attack first if nothing works. He kicks it to Paul, then he goes right into another pick and roll. So you, you challenge the defense two or three times on a possession to see if they can make a mistake instead of just essentially what it boiled down to last night where it's Devin Booker, they spend five, ten seconds getting him the basketball because the Lakers are just trying to avoid him from getting it. And then once he does get it, they run one pick and roll. And if the Lakers handle that, then it's a desperation shot from somebody on the Suns. That's a lot of what it boiled down to last night. And yeah, so it's going to be vitally important for the Suns as the two seed if they want to win this series that Paul, you know, that Suns medical staff has to do some, perform some magic and get him looking back to normal. I hope he does. But uh, it's, yeah, just so disappointing with Chris Paul. And throughout his career, he's had so many moments where he's been on great teams and injuries have just cost him, whether that was 2018 in Houston, where the, the, the CP3 and the Rockets were up three to two and he hurts his uh, hamstring at the end of game five, whether that was, I believe they were up 2-0 on the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I think in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets hurt and Blake Griffin gets hurt as well. And then Portland comes back and wins that series. Um, of course, in 2015, even they talk about, everyone talks about how that was a choke job by the Clippers losing that, uh, that 3-1 lead to the Rockets in the Western Conference semifinals. But people forget Paul Hurt his hamstring, and that's in, in the first round in Game 7 against the Spurs. And, uh, you know, fought through that like a warrior and was able to win and get them out of that round, but he wasn't in full strength in that in that Rocket series either. So a, a bunch of bad breaks for Paul throughout his career, but hopefully he gets better as the series goes on. As we're back from commercial, Utah going from right to left. Here's Mitchell with the ball, goes right of lane, kicks it left corner to O'Neal. To the wing to Conley, his three is good. Again, Donovan Mitchell piercing the defense, getting inside, creating two on the ball, and then gets O'Neal, who swings it to Conley for the open shot. Here's Morant at the free throw line, puts up a floater, gets it to go. Morant fading to his left, able with such great touch to get that one. Here's Bogdanovich in transition. His three is way short. Rebound, Anderson. Here is Morant in transition behind the back, goes under the rim, gets it to Brooks on the cut, and he lays it up with the left hand. Memphis has upped the tempo in this third quarter, and it's paying dividends. Utah 87, Memphis 75, 7.53 to go here in the third. Conley near half court, gets it to Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell guarded by Moran, gets a screen from Gobert. Mitchell hesitates, now gets into the paint. Beautiful contest from Jackson Jr. Valanciunas gets the rebound. I thought he was fouled. No call. He loses it. Picked up by the Jazz, and I believe that was Conley that threw the lob to Gobert. 
Tough break there for Memphis. Here's Brooks with the basketball. Dribbles right of the paint. Puts up a jump shot on the right baseline and gets the friendly bounce. So Brooks has really gotten going. He's now up to 18 points on 8 of 9 shooting. So he's been a star here to start this third quarter. Here's Mitchell. Spins into the paint. Gets all the way under the rim. Morant able to poke it away. And it looks like it's off of Mitchell. And that'll be a turnover. Yeah, Morant just taking advantage, realizing this Jazz half-court defense with Gobert set is really difficult, so he's focused on getting it down quickly and, and trying to get them before the, the Jazz are fully set here. As it looks like Mitchell and Gobert are going to sit now for Utah, so this will be an interesting stretch. Morant with the ball, gets a screen from Valanchunas, guarded by Favors, gets into the paint. His floater with the right hand is good. Again, able to get the defender backpedaling and stop on a dime with that little push shot. The lead is down to 10 here. Conley tries to get it to O'Neal, pass deflected. It picked it back up under the rim. Gets it to Bogdanovich, right corner. O'Neal back to Bogey. No good on the three. Valanchunas is fouled. So that will be out of bounds. Memphis gets it back, and they have an opportunity to cut this to single digits. A fantastic run so far in the third quarter for the Grizz. They've outscored the Jazz 25-15 to in the period. Memphis already with 25, and we're not even halfway through the third. So the offense has, uh, has really picked up here. Morant throws it left wing. To Anderson, onto the block to Valanciunas. He'll back down on Favors. He'll cross over the lane, puts up the shot. No, gets his own rebound. Kicks it Morant, left corner. Thought about the three, guarded by O'Neal. Now he'll dribble it over the wing. Now back to JV. JV facing up, five on the shot clock. He'll back down on Favors. Gets into the paint, turns over the right shoulder. Fade away and hits. Jonas Valanciunas with a big bucket. And the lead is down to eight as we approach six minutes to go. In the third, Memphis 12 of 14 shooting here in the period. Here's Conley, the ball at the top. Beautiful pocket pass to Favors. His floater off the back of the iron, poked out, picked up by Morant. Here come the Grizzlies. Morant right wing, goes behind the back, guarded by Conley. Morant feeling it, gets into the paint, kicks it out. Valanciunas, he's open for three. That one's short, but it goes to Morant, picks it up, lays it up and in with the right hand off the glass. And another timeout for the Jazz as the Grizzlies cut the Utah lead to six and already have 29 points in this third quarter with 5.39 to go in the period. John Morant absolutely dominating. And uh, Memphis looking every bit like a deserving playoff team here. Morant now up to 33 on the night, 13 of 20 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. Five of nine from the free throw line, four rebounds, and five assists for the star point guard for Memphis. Uh, back to, uh, I'll, I'll just say a few more comments about the, the Suns-Lakers series. I'm done talking about Chris Paul and that injury, but uh, another thing that was big for Phoenix in that game two loss was Jay Crowder was in foul trouble throughout most of the game. I think he picked up two fouls in the first minute and then had three fouls pretty early on in the second, picked up his fourth at some point in the third, just was re really never able to get into a rhythm, and, and Crowder, I think, is pretty important for the Suns basketball team. His experience, his veteran savvy, his physicality is big for that basketball team. So that was an issue 
And, uh, you know, they got good production from campaign, which is good moving forward. But uh, Monty Williams straight up was, you know, was playing Payne over Paul. And I think rightfully so. But if Payne is better than Chris Paul, the Suns just aren't going to win this series. It's as, it's as simple as that. Chris Paul has to be an all-star in this matchup. The, the Lakers are not your typical seven seed, even though LeBron does not look at, uh, at his best physically. And speaking of that, you know, there was a, a couple of moments towards the end of the game where uh, the Suns, of course, as you typically do when you're defending LeBron or backing off him some and encouraging him to be a jump shooter because LeBron is the greatest rim attacker we've seen in the history of the NBA. But with his lack of explosion, his lack of quickness and agility right now, I think you got to start consider, especially at the end of games, making him a driver. Now, yes, that there is the concern over, you know, you're opening up his ability as a passer and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, I think making him drive and making him finish over, uh, you know, over a contest is is potentially the best option for the defense. So that's something that, uh, you, you know, moving forward, obviously the Lakers have made some adjustments and, uh, you know, not playing Paul as aggressively as they would given his limitations. I think the the uh, the Suns have to do the same. But the Lakers got good performances from from guys like Drummond and Schroeder, at least from uh, you know from the perspective of what you would normally expect from from guys like that. So I know you know Lakers fans obviously are pleased with this going back to uh, to LA one one. But if Chris Paul can get back to how he is. For the rest of this, or you know, back to 100% for the rest of the series, I would still favor the Suns based on what I've seen. But yeah, if he's as limited as he was in Game Two, obviously the Lakers are are going to be the heavy favorites. Because again, I mean, Chris Paul, despite how good DeAndre Ayton has been in this series, despite Mikael Bridges being a uh, All NBA defensive level guy, Chris Paul is their second best player. And uh, they need him to be very good if they're going to beat this uh, the defending champs. The uh, the three six matchup in the West I'll talk about next, and that's the the Blazers and the Nuggets. As we are back from commercial, and we're getting a John Morant highlight reel. He has been doing a little bit of everything, getting on the offensive glass, hitting floaters, hitting threes. Um, setting teammates up in transition as out of the timeout, Utah with a pick and roll. Conley feeds Derek Favors and he finishes with a two-hand flush. So Utah's lead 91 to 83, 520 to go in the third. Here's Bain with the ball left wing. Gets a screen, gets into the paint, kicks at Morant right wing. 12 on the shot clock. Morant will get it to Valanciunas on the block. Guarded by Favors. Valanciunas backs in, turns over that left shoulder. Right hand jump hook is good. Jonas Valanciunas first hit the baseline fadeaway, then goes over the middle and hits that right-hand jump hook. He's a tough player to stop on the block. Here is Joe Ingles, left wing for the Jazz. 12 on the shot clock, guarded by Baines. He'll wait a screen from Favors. Gets it now, throws it right wing. Conley fakes the three, gets into the paint, puts up a left-hand floater, gets it to go. You don't usually see Conley resort to the left hand in those situations, but he had the defender on his right hip, so lefty was the only the only choice. Here's Valanchunas, hands it off to Anderson right wing. Anderson to the free throw line, kicks it. Brooks left wing, fakes the shot. Back out to Anderson. He'll fire the right wing three and drill it. Kyle Anderson 
Cuts the Jazz lead to five, 4.20 to go in the third. Conley with the basketball, left wing into the corner, Bogdanovich. Guarded by Bain, he'll back down. Bain being physical. Bogdanovich tries to throw it to Ingles across the court, and that was well off the mark. And that will be a turnover. Memphis will get it back. This Grizzlies team playing at a high level right now, and let's see if they can continue the momentum on this possession. As Kyle Anderson will take a seat for the Grizzlies. Valanchunas will roll it into Morant. Morant picks it up. We'll get a screen from Bain as he crosses half court. Now at the top of the key gets a screen from Valanchunas going left of the lane and lost it. Just stumbled a little bit there and the ball went off his leg. And that'll be a turnover ball back to the Jazz. Four minutes to go in the third. Utah 93, Memphis 88. Conley walks it into the front court. Gets it to O'Neal, right back to Conley. He'll reject the screen in the middle, goes left, kicks it out to O'Neal, and Conley was fouled on the pass. I think he's mad at himself that he didn't go up with it then after he heard the whistle. Melton and Allen into the ball game for the Grizz. Ball inbounded by Clarkson to Conley. Conley gets a screen from Favors, dribbles to his left, or dribbles to his right, excuse me. Step back three from the wing, no good. Rebound, Bain gets it to Morant. Morant pushing the tempo, back to Bain, left wing. Gets a screen from Valanciunas to the free throw line. Beautiful pass out, left corner, Melton three, he drills it. Memphis continues to be scorching hot in the third, and they have cut it to two. Here's Conley with the ball for the Jazz. He gets a screen from Favors to the free throw line. Into the paint. Puts up the right-hand floater. No good. Fight for the rebound. Favors gets it. Out to O'Neal. Top of the key. Triple. And he drills it. O'Neal with the answer. And the Jazz lead back to five as we approach three minutes to go in the third. I don't have my audio volume on, but I'm sure that the Jazz crowd is a little nervous at this moment in time. Allen gets the ball into Jonas Valanciunas, left block. Faces up, now will back down. Seven on the shot clock. Gets into the paint, right to the rim, and puts it in with the right hand. Beautiful, quick move. Kind of a drop step there from Valanciunas going middle. And the lead back to three. Here's Clarkson. With the ball at the top, gets a screen from Favors. Crosses over, gets to the free throw line. Step back jumper going right and hits. The Jazz offense getting going here a little bit as uh, it's needed to, to to maintain this lead over Memphis, who is absolutely on fire. Here's Melton, left wing three. That one's way off the mark, but it's tipped out to Allen. He'll fake the triple. Drives right of the lane, gets a bump from Ingles. No foul. Rebound, Joe. Joe will throw it cross court. Here's Clarkson right corner. Gets into the paint. Kicks it out to Ingles. Ingles back to Clarkson right wing. Guarded by Bain. Now he'll get a screen from Favors going left. He snakes the pick. Right of the lane. Gets now back. Snakes it again. And he's going to be called for a travel. Yeah, he covered a lot of ground without uh, taking a dribble there. So probably the right call. There's a Mitchell checking back in. This time looks like for Favors. Or maybe, no, Gobert is checking in for favors. Mitchell also checking into the game for, for Utah. And we've got, I believe, a timeout here. With the score, Utah 98, Memphis 93, 1.57 to go in the third quarter. What has been a fantastic third quarter for the Grizzlies. They uh, have outscored the Jazz 39-24 to in the period.
But yeah, let's uh, let's move on to that 3-6 matchup in the West. The Nuggets coming back after losing Game 1 and winning convincingly over the Blazers in Game 2 with Jokic just absolutely killing it. He was 15 of 20 from the field in that in that second ball game. Denver doing a better job of just not posting him up, isolating him every possession. Of course, he's good at that. He still had a very good game one doing that. But having him be a little bit off the ball at first, setting screens, getting him on short rolls, getting him into advantage situations near the free throw line. He's got such good touch on that jumper. He can shoot right over the top. Uh, I think made him a little bit that much more efficient, which obviously Denver without Jamal Murray needs Jokic to be incredibly efficient on the offensive end to to keep up with the Blazers, who are the number two offense in the NBA this season. But uh, we're back from commercial. I'll talk more about that series at the uh, at the next timeout. But Memphis inbounding it, going from left to right in the third quarter here, trailing 98-93. Morant with the basketball. It's Morant. Allen, Bain, Valanchunas, and Melton for the Grizzlies. Morant gets a screen from Valanchunas going towards the middle, has his shot blocked, but I think he was hit on the arm prior to as he was going up. Gobert doesn't agree, but I think it was the right call. We'll have to see the replay. And that could be big, too, because... Oh, yeah, there was, I don't think there was any contact there. So that's a tough one. And Snyder decides not to challenge it as Morant hits the first. That's just the second foul, I believe, on Gobert. So not as big of a concern there. But still, Memphis getting two points out of that possession. They could have challenged that and made that a jump ball which the Jazz would have been favored to win with Gobert. So the Grizzlies again cut the lead to three. They've cut it to three a couple of times, but haven't been able to get closer than that. Here's Ingles with the basketball curling from the left side. Gets left of the lane, puts up the left-handed half hook, and gets it off the glass and in. Joe Ingles, an expert at those sort of crafty, unique finishes. Here's Moran with the ball guarded by O'Neal. Gets a screen from Valanchunas. Gets ahead of Steam. Goes at Gobert. His floater's no good. Valanchunas with the offensive rebound. Shoves Gobert out of the way. No call. Ball is on the floor. Picked up by Melton. He gets it to go. Gobert is furious. Here's Mitchell in transition. He'll get it to O'Neal up top to Ingles. Sidestep to his right. Passes it to O'Neal. Right wing three. No. Rebound Bain. Bain gets it to Morant. 53 seconds on the game clock. Morant gets past Ingles, gets into the paint. Melton wide open left corner. That's short. Oh, what a great look for the Grizzlies to tie the ball game up, but Melton can't get it to go. Clarkson will walk it into the front court. 38 on the game clock, 16 on the shot clock. Here's Clarkson step back three from the left. No, but a foul. Desmond Bain committing the personal, maybe getting into the landing area there. And that's a Big foul there as Clarkson will get three free throws, and the Grizzlies had all the momentum in the world on their side. And plays like that could sort of stem the tide. Not only does that, uh, you know, slow the pace up a little bit, Utah gets three free throws, then they can get back and set up their half-court defense. 
Tough foul there as uh, the first free throw from Clarkson is up and in. You've got to be content just contesting that step back three from Clarkson. And, and uh, you know, if he hits it, you shake his hand and move on. Second free throw rolls off the front of the rim and goes. Clarkson now with 12 points. Looking for 13 here and gets it. So a three-point possession there for the Jazz, and their lead is up to six, 103-97. Memphis does not look like they're going to try to get a two-for-one here. About a 10-second differential as Morant has Royce O'Neal on the switch. Ten on the shot clock. He's over on the right sideline. Now goes to the right wing, gets ahead of steam, crosses over, gets to his left, can't finish with the floater, fight for the rebound, picked up by Clarkson. So Utah will get the last shot here. Clarkson with nine on the game clock will get it over the timeline. Gets a screen from Gobert. He'll take a shot early. That's short. Memphis is going to have an opportunity. Melton fakes it, puts up over half court, can't get it to go. And that will end the third quarter. With the score, the Utah Jazz 103, the Memphis Grizzlies 97. This has been a Really fun game, too, of this Western Conference first-round series between the one-seed Utah Jazz and the eight-seed Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, this Grizzlies team is tough, but is young, excuse me, but they are tough. They uh, they got down by 20 in this ball game, and they fought back hard in that third quarter to uh, to make this a ball game and and give themselves a chance to steal both on the road against the one-seeded Jazz. So again, speaking of that 3-6 series in the West, some other things, you know, that uh, that uh, obviously you've got to be concerned about if you're a Nuggets fan is that Dame Lillard absolutely went off. Uh, the, the Nuggets don't have a lot of great options, especially since they, they really can't switch with their personnel, especially with Jokic out there. I would consider, um, you know, perhaps taking Jokic out a little bit earlier and not match up his minutes as much with Dame and play Jokic a little bit more on the second unit just so that you could potentially try and see, okay, if we've got Millsap and and uh, and Jamichael Green out there, maybe we can switch one through five uh, and and see what that what that look presents to Lillard. He obviously is a, is a very difficult matchup and, and can beat any type of defense, but, uh, you know, we, we've seen certain things be effective against him. We've seen some some traps on the ball be effective. I, I've, I still like the theory of trapping Lillard, making Nurkic be a scorer on the short roll. I, I, I like that option. I think the Nuggets have enough size on the front line with their help defenders to get back and at least contest at the rim make it difficult, and Nurkic has never been a very good finisher for a guy his size. So, you know, especially if he's on the run. So that would be something I, I would like to see a little bit more of from Denver. But, you know, Portland's got to figure out a way to at least make Jokic just regular Jokic, like the MVP Jokic, and not just superhuman 15 of 20. You've got no chance, Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> they've got to do a little bit more. And and frankly, given that, you know, Barton, they've already ruled him out for game three. They've got Compazzo, who's got a slow release, despite the fact that he's been able to hit some, some standstill jumpers. 
Austin Rivers isn't a great shooter. I would consider, at least for a game, making Jokic more of a passer. Yes, he's an unbelievable passer. He's going to make the right pass. But if your defense you know, leaves the right guys open, you can maybe still have a, a, a decent defensive performance with that. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Blazers do. Of course, I don't trust their defense. They were 29th in the NBA defensively. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be a panacea, especially with Jokic. He's, uh, you know, there aren't very many good answers against a guy that good. But uh, I would like to see Portland mix things up a little bit. And, and obviously going home will help. I picked the Blazers to win the series, given that the Dozier is out and, and I wasn't sure about Barton's status and the fact that he's already been ruled out for Game 3 a day ahead of time does not bode well for him even playing at all in this series. They could really use him. But I think one other thing for Denver that's helping as we're back from commercial is that Monte Morris is slowly uh, getting back into game shape and, and able to play more minutes for them because he, he's, he's their best guard right now. So Mike Conley with the ball for the Jazz to start this fourth quarter. He drives right on the baseline, finds the pocket pass to Gobert, and he slams it home with two hands over Jared Jackson. Gobert with the monster finish, and the Jazz lead at 105-97. 11.30 to go in the ball game, and we've got another foul up top, this time on Niang guarding Brooks. It's Morant Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Let's see, they've gone to replay, so I can't see who else is on the floor. Grayson Allen and Melton for the Grizzlies. For the Jazz, it's Gobert, Niang, Conley, Clarkson, and Mitchell. Here is Dylan Brooks driving left of the paint, puts up the shot, no. Fight for the rebound, Gobert tips it to Niang. Niang will dribble it up for the Jazz. He gets Dylan Brooks on his hips. He tries to go all the way, can't finish. Not a smart play from Niang, but the Jazz come up with the ball. Shot clock did not reset, though. Here's Clarkson, gets into the paint, kicks it out, Niang. Niang fakes the three, drives left, Euro steps, kicks it right corner, Donovan Mitchell triple. That one rolls off, and we've got a foul, though, on the rebound as Clarkson went in there. Not a guy you typically think of as a guy that's attacking the offensive glass, but Clarkson getting the Jazz a second possession here. Just over a minute gone by in this fourth period, Utah holding on to a 105-97 advantage. Ball inbounded from Mitchell to Conley at the top. Conley gets a screen from Gobert going left. Gets to the elbow. Beautiful pass again to Gobert, who stuffs it home with two hands. This uh, Jared Jackson Jr. at center lineup for the Grizzlies, especially without uh, you know the help defense of Anderson, has not looked great defensively. Here is Morant with the basketball, gets a screen from Jackson, finds Jackson on the roll. He tries to put it up over Gobert with the left, and he swats it away. Back comes Utah. Mitchell, Euro steps into the paint, can't get it to go. We've got a goaltend on the Grizzlies, and it looks like plus the foul, so Mitchell with an opportunity for a three-point play. Yeah, I do think the, the, the future of Jaron Jackson, his best position is going to be at the five, but I don't think he's ready for that yet. He just went into Gobert there and really uh, really tried to put that up, but that didn't stand a chance of, uh, of getting past the, the length of, of Rudy. And then on the other end, Jackson, despite his athletic tools and his length, is not the, the, the rim deterrent and the, the help defender that you need out of that position, especially, again, if you don't have 
somebody like an Anderson at the four um, to, to clean things up, sort of like what Millsap does for Jokic at times with the Nuggets. Again, I'll say this, I'll, I'll, I'll state this once more, that, that I think Brandon Clark might be a good player for, for Memphis in this series. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sure if it would take them losing a game for, for Jenkins to, to consider him, but I think he, he would be a good matchup here. Uh, his, his verticality on those lob plays and his, uh, his floater game, I think, would, you know, is, is, is pretty well suited to, to this Jazz defensive system. But yeah, the um, the three six series in the West, the 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 Nuggets, Blazers. I, I I think if the Blazers are able again to hold Jokic to just normal efficiency as opposed to superhuman efficiency, that the Blazers still have too much firepower for the Nuggets. But Jokic is so good that I can't uh, I can't uh, state for sure that I'm confident the Blazers are going to win the series. I I picked them to win it in six. I still would probably pick that. But uh, what Jokic is capable of, uh, the, the Blazers have shown that they do not have very many answers. And, and I incorrectly stated in my preview pod with Brett Kordfeld that, um, you know, Nurkic and Cantor were, were at least, you know, reasonable post defenders. And, and that may be true, but it might be irrelevant because Jokic is just that good. He's absolutely picked them apart. He's he's made Cantor just look foolish at times on the block, especially in that game one. But uh, yeah, that that is certainly a fun series. We get game three of that tomorrow night, so looking forward to that in Portland. The four five matchup has been the most shocking so far. I guess I shouldn't say shocking, but the most surprising thing that we've seen so far with the four seeded Los Angeles Clippers trailing the five seeded. Dallas Mavericks now after losing both of their games in LA they just have not been able to come up with stops their defense has been horrendous you've got to give a lot of credit to Dallas obviously Luka Doncic plus shooting is tough to deal with but you know the 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 level of efficiency the the points per possession that 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 Dallas Mavericks offense has has put together so far there's, you know, there's very little resistance on the Clippers' part. They've done, you know, very little to impact the game on that end. And that's not Ty Lue's strength. Ty Lue, as a playoff coach, has been known more as, okay, he gets elite production from his team offensively. And they've been getting that. I think the Clippers have a 123 offensive rating in this series. But the adjustments that he has to make have to be on the defensive end. They have to get stops. And, and I guess some people may say that as we're coming back from commercial, oh, it looks like maybe maybe uh, that, that timeout might have been to challenge this call by, uh, by Taylor Jenkins. We'll see. But uh, if that was a challenge, I believe it's uh, deemed unsuccessful because the Utah, I believe, I believe has, uh, they've put the points on the board. Mitchell now up to 22 points in just 21 minutes of action. But yeah, I'll talk more about that uh, that Clippers Mavs series at the next commercial break. It's Mitchell, Conley, Clarkson, Gobert, and the Yang for the Jazz. It's Jackson Jr., Kyle Anderson, Morant, Brooks, and Melton for the Grizzlies. And Mitchell converts the old-fashioned three-point play. And after Memphis 
cutting into the lead. The, the Jazz have gone on a 10-0 run to make it a 13-point advantage. Here's Anderson up top. Jaron Jackson Jr., right wing three. That's short. And we've got a foul. And that one's going to be on, I believe, Gobert here. Not sure if the foul was on the screen or if it was on the shot. I, I didn't see contact on the shot, but we'll see what, uh, what the situation is here momentarily. No, it was on the shot as Jackson Jr. misses the first free throw. So both teams committing some uh, fouls on jump shooters in the last couple of minutes. Of course, Bain committing that one on Clarkson at the end of the third was, was a bit of a backbreaker for the Grizzlies as the second free throw is good from, from JJJ. Valanchunas checking back into the ballgame for Memphis and subbing out DeAnthony Melton so Jackson Jr. can go back to the four spot. He's got one more from the line here to try to make it an 11-point game. And he hits. So he knocks down two of three as we're approaching 10 minutes to go in the ballgame. Utah leading by 11. Here's Ingles with the basketball for the Jazz, guarded by Anderson. He'll throw it right wing to Conley. Conley gets a screen from Gobert, gets Moran on his back, puts up the right-hand floater. That's a swish. Conley with that patented right-hand float shot has been so good at that throughout his career. Here's Moran with the ball, gets a screen from Jackson, or excuse me, from Valanchunas. Beautiful pass to JV, and JV puts it up and in with the right hand off the glass, and then it looks like we've got a foul on Valanchunas after the bucket, making contact with Gobert. Valanchunas can't believe it. Beautiful pass from Morant, and Valanchunas just kind of quick shot it. Oh, my. And looked like Gobert just jumped into, or no, Valanchunas caught him with his off arm, and they called a technical for that. I don't know about that, to be honest. I don't, I don't believe that was intentional from Valanchunas. As Mitchell going back to the locker room for, for Utah, he's walking fine. I don't think that's anything to be concerned about, but something, to, something we'll have to keep an eye on. So the Jazz hit the technical free throw. Tough break there. I mean, yeah, he, he did catch him with his off arm. He caught Gobert in the face, but uh, I don't think it was intentional. Here is Conley, right wing. He'll take the three ball. He hits Mike Conley with a nice 5-0 stretch, and the Jazz lead back up to 15. Here's Moran with the ball on the right wing. Gets a screen from Valanchunas. Gets Ingles on his back. Pulls up for the jumper and draws the foul. Morant pulling out of uh, pulling a trick out of his bag there, uh, a la Trey Young, where he gets the defender on his back and realizes the defender is running towards me, and I'm just going to jump straight up. Their momentum will run themselves right into my back, and I get two free throws out of it. First for Morant is good. If you're a Grizzlies fan, you've got to be over the moon at how. Morant has performed in, in this last week or two in clutch playoff scenarios. He has been everything you could have possibly wanted. 
as the first for Morant goes. Jazz playing some games here, uh, running across the lane three or four times to, to try and ice Morant. Second free throw is also good. Didn't work. Utah 116, Memphis 104. 9.15 to go in the fourth. Here is Conley with the ball right wing up top. Niang dribbles right to the elbow. Pulls up from there. That's off the, the heel. No good. Rebound Clarkson. Clarkson to Conley. Right wing Niang. He'll try again. That time he hits. That's the 16th three-point make for the Utah Jazz. I believe that's a franchise playoff record. Utah up 119-104, 8.50 to go in the ballgame. Here's Moran gets a screen from Valanciunas. Behind the back to JV, his floater's no good. And a rebound, Conley. That would have been on the highlight reel if uh, Valanciunas was able to convert that one. Here's Conley, drives left, gets under the rim, finds Niang, right corner. That one's an air ball. But it bounces right to Clarkson, who has had a couple of timely offensive boards for the Jazz here in the second half. And Utah has extended its lead back up to 17. So after getting a big-time scare from the Grizzlies at the end of the third, start of the fourth, Utah has collected themselves and and uh, given themselves some breathing space. But yeah, speaking of that uh, that Clippers-Mavs 4-5 matchup, Luka Doncic has just been absolutely sensational. The guy is unreal. I think one of the things that, you know, I actually had uh, I had a podcast a, a few weeks back with, with Frankie Neifinger, probably about a month ago, uh, talking about the Dallas Mavericks. He's a big Mavericks fan, and I think one of the things that he pointed out to me, which I think was a great, a great thing to mention, is that, that Luka Doncic has gotten better with uh, you know, in, in the regular season, he's focused on sort of extending out his uh, bag of tricks, his skill set. He's he's prioritized getting a lot better and taking a lot more shots in the mid-range this season. And all of that has made him just that much tougher of a guard because he now can score with efficiency from everywhere on the court. He can get to the rim. He can get to the mid-range. He's so good at using his body. If he just, with his first step, gets past you, he can slow down, keep you on his back, use his body to get all the way to the rim without having elite speed. He uses his footwork to you know, body guys off and, and get to his mid-range shot. That step back that uh, obviously he had last year, but he didn't ha- he wasn't nearly as good in terms of converting it. That has become much more consistent, and and that's an unstoppable shot. He is just shooting the basketball with such confidence right now. You combine that with all the the three levels: scoring, the playmaking, the post up play. He can do everything, and he can score on every type of player. The, the Clippers have as good a defensive personnel at the wing positions as any team in the NBA. They've got Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi matched up with him, and, and Luka hit a fadeaway, nothing but twine, right over the contest of Leonard. They, they put Patrick Beverly on him, and, and Beverly did get a steal on him on one possession, but five or six other times, Luka you know, said you're too small and just backed him under the rim and scored over him. 
they've put Marcus Morris on him and, and Doncic able to beat him a little bit with quickness and, and, you know, get that half a step and then just slowly work his way to the rim. He has just been unstoppable. And obviously all of the other Mavericks around him have shot the lights out. And so the Clippers obviously have, uh, have not been able to get enough stops being down 0-2 given how well they played offensively. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard, despite the loss, was was arguably even better than Doncic in Game 2. He was sensational, 14 of 21 from the field. He was scoring in every which way and just doing some ridiculous stuff. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun series, but yeah, the Clippers have got to figure ways to at least somewhat slow down the Mavericks, perhaps making Doncic work a little bit more on both ends. Make him more of a scorer, despite the fact that he's a great scorer. Make him more of a scorer just to tire him out. And then make him work on the other end. Isolate against him, even if he isn't the weakest defender on the Mavs. Uh, They've got to do something to lower Luka's effectiveness. As we're back from commercial, beautiful out-of-timeout play drawn up by Jenkins, which gets a lob from Anderson up top to Morant, and he throws it down with a reverse. Utah's lead back down to 15. Morant up to 40 points on the night. Here's Clarkson, left wing three is off the mark. Rebound Memphis, gets it to Morant. Morant down the paint in transition, and he is fouled, and he doesn't like the contact there. That might have been on Niang that uh, that committed the, the hard personal to stop the potential layup. But yeah, it looks like just a back screen on that out-of-bounds play. Valanchunas setting a back screen for Morant and uh, Gobert a little late that time. You know, he's not typically out of position, but a little late reacting to that and allowed the lob. And we'll see maybe the refs after, especially with the way that uh, Morant took exception to that foul. I think the refs are going to take a look at this to see if it's worthy of a flagrant. I don't really think it is, but we'll see. Yeah, so Morant taking it right into the chest of Niang. Niang extends both his arms forward. I mean, he's definitely just committing a foul there, so... They might deem this unnecessary, you know, not a basketball play and deem that a flagrant one, and I think that's what they've called. I don't mind that. I I, I, I do think they're, that, uh, you know, some sometimes it's okay to just commit a foul and prevent an easy bucket. I think that that's part of basketball. I think, uh, you know, you don't want to just give up a layup. And sometimes a guy like Niang isn't athletic enough to actually contest John Morant in the air in any meaningful way. As Morant misses the first free throw, again with a flagrant one, he gets two free throws and then Memphis will get the ball. Second one rattles in. So eight minutes to go in the fourth, Utah 121, Memphis 107. as Anderson will inbound it to Morant. 
Morant throws it to Valanchunas, right elbow extended, hands it to Brooks. Brooks slips, picks up his dribble, though, and gets it to Jackson in the right corner. Jackson Jr. drives on Niang, puts it up with the left hand, no, but he gets the bump, and he'll go to the line. Memphis uh, a little bit attacking Niang here. That's probably a smart move, Niang not known for his, uh, his defense. Wow, Morant climbing the all-time leaderboard in terms of most points in his first two career playoff games. He's up to 67 now, which is tied for Chris Paul, who did that in 2008 with the Hornets. As uh, Jackson Jr. missing another free throw. It's a couple of misses for him from the line. Jackson Jr., of course, uh, missed a good chunk of the season recovering from knee surgery. I believe it was in meniscus repair as he knocks down the second free throw. So he isn't fully back to being the Jaron Jackson Jr. that we saw, uh, you know, in his uh, second season. Here is Conley with the ball, gets a double screen up top, now switched on to by JJJ. Conley tries to throw the lob to Gobert, but beautiful help defense by Brooks. Here in transition, Jackson Jr. drives down and slams it home with the left hand. Utah's lead cut to 11. Clarkson, right wing, guarded by Brooks. Clarkson now will drive right, switched on to by Morant. Great defense, but Clarkson just continues. Fight for the rebound, picked up by Jackson Jr. Again, transition opportunity. He gets it to Brooks, who flashes it home with two hands. Memphis again in transition, getting out and running, and they have gone on a bit of a run here to cut the Jazz lead to nine with 7.06 to go. Donovan Mitchell on the stationary bike trying to keep loose because it uh, it appears that he might need to come back into the ballgame for another stint to hold off this young Grizzlies team. you got to love this Memphis group. Absolutely got to love them. They are really fun. They're young. They're hungry. They're tough. And uh, they've got a very, very bright future. And you got to credit that organization as well for all the terrific drafting that they've done. Getting Desmond Bain 30th overall, Xavier Tillman 35th, Brandon Clark 21st. They got Dylan Brooks. I think he was in the 40s when they drafted him of the second round. They've done a phenomenal job building this roster with uh, limited assets, to be frank. So again, speaking to that that Clippers Mav series, you know you've got to heavily favor the Mavericks moving forward. They've got three of the final five games of the series at home. They've already won two. Luka Doncic is not all of a sudden going to to play poorly. He's one of the most consistent superstars in the NBA. Kristaps Porzingis so far has stayed healthy. As we're back from commercial, I, I like Dallas to win that series now at this point. Here is uh, Utah going from right to left. Here's Conley gets to the free throw line. He draws the foul and gets it to go. Big shot from Mike Conley. Again, with that right-hand floater. Jackson Jr. trying to help from the strong side and reached in and got Conley on the arm. 
So despite all of these runs that Memphis has made, I think the one constant for Utah is they've been able to score enough offensively to keep them at bay. As Conley knocking down the the old-fashioned three-point play and the Jazz lead at 12, 124-112, 6.52 to go in the fourth. Here is Morant, goes right past Conley and flushes it with two hands. It looked like he made Conley look like he was standing in cement. Ja Morant makes it a 10-point game. He has been absolutely sensational tonight. Here is Conley, right wing, O'Neal wide open for three, and he drills it. Who would have thought that two teams that were both in the top 10 defensively would be having this kind of an offensive shootout? Jazz lead at 127-114. Here's Morant. Gets a staggered screen at the top going left, and he draws the foul. And Memphis, with over six minutes to go in the fourth, is already in the penalty. So Morant will get two free throws. I guess I I was a little harsh on Conley there. I think what happened is uh, Morant had the ball at the top, and they ran a cutter basically in front of Morant, which caused some confusion. And Morant drove right as the cutter was going by. Conley was worried about navigating the the traffic, and by the time he he realized what was happening, Morant was at the basket. As uh, Ja knocking down the first free throw, and Donovan Mitchell checking back into the ballgame for the Jazz. Of course, he is Utah's closer. Second free throw for Morant is good. Utah 127, Memphis 116. Here is Conley dribbling it over the timeline into the front court. Gets a screen from Bogdanovich and Gobert. Beautiful pocket pass to Rudy, and he flushes it home. They've gotten a, a lot of success on that little pocket pass to the roll man, especially on those staggered screens. Here's Morant dribbling over the right wing, hands it to Brooks. Brooks gets a screen from Valanciunas to the free throw line, out to Morant right wing. Now he'll throw it to Valanciunas on the block, facing up against Gobert. Now we'll drive into the paint. Left-hand jump hook, no, but he draws the foul. And that's going to be on Gobert, who looks perplexed over at the uh, the official who made the call. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, Gobert got into the body on that shot. So JV will have two at the charity stripe. First one is up and in. 129 to 117. He'll get one more to try to cut it back to 11. Memphis has had a couple of times, I think late third, early fourth, fourth, they got it to three on numerous occasions, but couldn't get it closer than that. And recently it's been, they've gotten it to 11 on a couple of occasions, but haven't been able to to get closer into that single digits territory. Here's Conley with the ball, gets a screen from Gobert, gets a re-screen, now finds Gobert on the roll, and he finishes plus the foul. Mike Conley picking the Grizzlies apart, or excuse me, not no foul, but a goaltend. Conley picking the Grizzlies apart with his passing to Gobert. That time they set a screen going to Conley's left, then they did an immediate re-screen to his right, and he kind of found Gobert on the early slip. Here's Morant, finds Anderson left wing, back to Morant, 
a beautiful little pass to JV, and he puts up a push shot from three feet, gets it to go. Morant could have shot it himself, but that would have been a, a, a difficult finish going 100 miles per hour. Instead, he gets it to JV, who is stationary and right near the rim. Here is Conley at the top, switched on to by Anderson. He'll drive left, gets into the paint, puts it up off the glass with the left. No, Gobert there for the rebound and put back. Rudy Gobert getting things done on the offensive end for the Jazz. He's up to 21 points. Here's Morant left wing, and he is fouled by Conley, so Morant will walk his way back to the free throw line. I think people are, uh, hopefully, the, the people that have been Gobert skeptics are seeing in this game that in a high-scoring affair, Gobert can have a big-time impact on the offensive end with his screening, his rolling, his finishing at the basket, his gravity at the rim. And uh, Mike Conley and Gobert have developed a really nice chemistry this season as it's gone along. As Morant able to knock down both free throws. So again, that margin, the, the Grizzlies get it back to 11. Let's see if they can do anything better than that. As uh, Utah, with the ball, every time they've got it to 11, it seems like the Jazz have scored. Here's Conley at the top, waiting a screen from Gobert. Gets it, now he's doubled. Throws it right wing Bogdanovich. Back to Conley, now guarded by Morant. Now they switch on uh, Anderson onto him. Conley gets a screen from Gobert, and we've got a foul on Valanchunas as he tried to do the hard hedge on Conley, send him back towards half court. And that's probably the right call. I don't think Valanchunas was completely set there. That's uh, JV's fourth personal. O'Neal will inbound it from the near sideline. He'll get it into Conley. Conley gets a Screen from Mitchell. He gets into the paint, finds O'Neal, left corner three. He drills it. That time, the, the Jazz didn't really set a screen. They just had Mitchell come up and look like he was going to set it, and that allowed Conley to get into the paint. Here is Anderson at the top, throws it left wing Brooks. Brooks awaiting a screen from Valanchunas going to the line, to the lane, gets to the rim, and Gobert is there to reject it. Rudy Gobert with a couple of sensational blocks tonight, most notably the one on John ja Morant who tried to dunk over him in the first half. That time, Brooks tried to throw one high off the glass, and Gobert was having none of it. Here is Anderson, right elbow. He uses his shoulder to get off of Mitchell, and that's going to be an offensive foul, and Mitchell pumping up this Jazz crowd with a huge fist pump. you got to like that if you're a Jazz fan, Mitchell getting just as excited about a defensive play as he does drilling a triple. So 3.55 to go in the fourth. Utah's lead at 14. Memphis has got to play about a perfect game from here on out if they want to try to get back in this. Here's Conley. Throws it up top. Mitchell. Mitchell guarded by Morant. Now awaiting a screen from Gobert. Now he calls Gobert away. Six on the shot clock. Mitchell going to isolate on the left wing against Morant. Four on the shot clock. Step back to his left for three. That one's short. Gobert, though, with the offensive rebound. He gets it to Conley. Right wing three. No good. O'Neal fighting for the rebound. Got his hand on it, but it's out of bounds to Memphis. So the Grizzlies here down 14, 324 to go. 
Morant will walk it up into the front court. Can't take too much time here. They've got to get into their sets. Here's Morant driving right, goes behind the back at the free throw line. Now gets under the rim, tries to find Valanchunas, and he's going to be called for a travel. I believe he landed before he threw that pass, but it was picked off by Gobert anyway. Really didn't have anywhere to go that time. So Utah gets it back. As we're getting a look at Dwayne Wade, who's a part of the, the new G Utah Jazz ownership group. Here's Mitchell at the half-court logo. Throws it right side to Conley. Conley gets a screen from Gobert. Throws it right corner to O'Neal. He'll drive into the paint. Kicks it Bogdanovich right side. Spins into the paint. Has the ball poked away by Anderson. Anderson gets it to Brooke and Brooks in transition. Euro steps past Conley. Puts it up. And we've got an offensive foul on Brooks. Mike Conley read that all the way. He knew the Euro step was coming. Got in front of him. And took the hit to the chest. The Grizzlies don't like it, but I think that's absolutely the correct call. Conley read it, got there. You don't have to be stationary when you're guarding the ball. You just have to get in front of them and take the hit to the chest, and, and Conley did that. So big turnover for the Grizzlies, and that might just about do it. Here's Mitchell, crosses over Dylan Brooks, gets all the way to the bucket, lays it up, it rolls around the rim, and finally drops. And that will send... Memphis uh, probably packing tonight and heading back to Memphis for Game 3 with this series tied 1-1 as the Jazz lead it by 16 now with just a couple of minutes to play. Two thirty-three left to be exact, but uh, it's been a great performance from... Uh, from both teams, really, but, uh, you know, especially the Jazz offensively have just dominated. They uh, have have put together now three quarters of 35-plus points. First quarter, they had 36, second quarter, 38, and this quarter so far, even with two and a half left, have put up 35. So Memphis really has not been able to, to get enough stops in this one, despite the fact that the Grizzlies have shown out and, and played a very good offensive game. Yeah, I would like to see, you know, we um, I mentioned at the outset that guys like guys like uh, Brandon Clark would be a good matchup here. I might like to see that over Tillman. Tillman got seven minutes in this one. He was a minus eight in those seven minutes. Put up just, uh, you know, one shot attempt, which was a three he missed. Didn't get a rebound at one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. Uh, I, I think Clark might be the better matchup in this one. Grayson Allen was a team-worst, minus 23. Maybe throw in Tyus Jones a little bit more. Maybe give a little bit more run to, to DeAnthony Melton. Get just a little more defense out there. As so we're back from, from commercial. Here is John Morant. Gets a screen from both his bigs. Now over on the left side, guarded by Conley now. Gets a screen from JV. Steps back, left wing three. Off the heel. Rebound, Jackson Jr. He tries to kick it out to Anderson, and it's picked off by Mitchell. So Mitchell making a couple of plays down the stretch to sort of put this one away. Conley at the half-court line, guarded by Morant. Gets a screen from Mitchell. 
Conley back to Mitchell. Seven on the shot clock. Switched on to by Anderson. Mitchell on the right wing will drive past Anderson. Gets to the bucket. Tries to put it up. Good help defense from Valanchunas. Ball is loose, and that's going to be a 24-second violation. And, uh-oh, Mitchell on the floor grimacing a little bit there. Have to see what happened, but uh, everybody in Utah obviously holding their breath. As he tried to fight for that rebound, he kind of tried to grab the ball and then fell backwards. I think he's okay. I didn't see any sort of an ankle twist or anything of that nature. or any. It, it wasn't awkward other than it was just a hard fall on his backside. And Mitchell now will come out. I think Quinn Snyder realizes we're up 16. Uh, probably should get our best player, you know, our, our, one of our best players and uh, best offensive player off the floor coming off an injury and, and make sure that he's healthy heading into game three. Here is Morant with the basketball on the left side. Up top to Brooks. Brooks fakes the three, switched on to by Gobert. He'll throw a beautiful pass inside on a line to Valanchunas, who is fouled by O'Neal. Brooks recognizing the, the, the switch and realized that uh, Valanchunas on Royce O'Neal is the better mismatch than him trying to attack Gobert. So got it inside. This 138 points is a franchise record for the Jazz for points in a game, which is a bit surprising, but, I mean, it is a, it is a big number. But the, uh, the, the first free throw from JV is up and in. But you got to like how Memphis competed. I, I, I do not think Utah is just going to blow this team away. They're tough. They're physical. They're good defensively. And, and they showed a lot of promise on the offensive end in this one heading or moving forward. As uh, he knocks down both free throws, it's Utah 138, Memphis 124, a minute and 30 to go in the ballgame. Conley with the ball, 13 on the shot clock, near half court, awaiting a screen from Gobert. Will drive left, gets to the line, kicks it right corner by Donovich, his three off the heel. Fight for the rebound. It's poked away, and it's picked up by Conley. Conley now will pull it back out near half court, guarded by Anderson. Conley tries to get it in between Anderson and Valanciunas, and Anderson just caught it. Gets it to JV, who dunks it home. It's now down to 12 with 107 to go in the fourth. Ball inbounded to O'Neal. O'Neal along the left sideline will hand it off to Conley. Conley back to O'Neal. O'Neal to Conley. Conley going to get doubled near half court. Gets it to Royce. Royce, four on three. Now we'll kick it back out to Ingles. Jazz doing a good job of running out the clock here. Five on the shot clock. Conley gets to the free throw line, kicks it right wing. Royce O'Neal, and that's the dagger. Royce O'Neal puts this ball game away as the Jazz now lead back up to 15, 40 seconds to go. Here's Dylan Brooks dribbling right of the lane, fadeaway along the sideline, or baseline, excuse me, no good. Rebound O'Neal. About a 10-second difference between the game clock, game clock and the shot clock as Ingles will get it into the front court. Gets it over to O'Neal right wing, and with the Jazz get a deserving standing ovation from the what looks like a sellout crowd here in, in Utah. And there is a, a turnover. <laughs> as it looked like O'Neal just threw that one away. Snyder still still coaching it up. He's still mad at that about that turnover despite being up 15 with 18 seconds to go. Here's Morant over the right wing. Step back to his right. That one's well short. Fight for the rebound. Valanciunas gets it. Kicks it out. Dylan Brooks left corner or left wing three. And he hits it. And that will likely be the final bucket of the night. Bogdanovich gets it into Conley and he will dribble it out. 
And the final score will be the Utah Jazz 141, the Memphis Grizzlies 129, as Utah evens up this series at a game apiece as we head to Memphis for the next two. I'll give you the uh, the final stats of this one, and then we'll uh, we'll end this episode again. Thanks so much for for listening. But uh, final team stats: Utah Jazz went 49 of 90 from the field, 54.4 percent. Grizzlies 46 of 85 for 53.6 percent. The big differential: the Jazz, after being miserable from three in Game One. Go 19 of 39 from downtown, 48.7%. Compare that to just 8 of 23 for the Grizzlies, 31.8%. But that's 30. That's a 33-point difference just from the three-point line for the advantage for the Jazz. Memphis goes 29 of 38 from the charity stripe. Utah 24 of 31. The rebounding battle won by the Jazz, 42 to 33. Offensive rebounds, the Jazz collected 12 to the Grizzlies, 9. Assists, the Jazz had 28 assists on their 49 made buckets. The Grizzlies with 20 assists on their 46 field goals. The uh, the Grizzlies picked up 6 steals, the Jazz with 2. Utah with 4 blocks, all by Rudy Gobert, and the Grizzlies with 4 blocks as well. And then turnover-wise, both teams pretty clean... Pretty clean game. Memphis with just 11 turnovers. Utah with 12. And uh, from an individual perspective, leading the way for the Jazz, a pretty uh, pretty balanced attack for Utah, but Mitchell with 25 points, 8 of 19 from the field, 5 of 10 from downtown, 4 of 4 from the line. Uh, didn't have a great floor game, but definitely scored for this team. Uh, had two rebounds and zero assists, one steal. He did uh, probably have a couple of hockey assists where he made the pass that led to the pass and the bucket. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Mitchell with 25. Mike Conley finishes with 28 of 16, shooting 3 of 5 from downtown. 15 assists for Conley. As I said, a lot of those on those pick and rolls to the to the, the roll man in Gobert and or Favors. Bogdanovich finishing with 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 1 of 5 from downtown. Gobert with a very impressive stat line, 21 points, 9 of 11 shooting, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 blocks. And uh, the only uh, the only negative on Gobert's line is the 3 of 8 from the charity stripe. And then Royce O'Neal as well contributed with uh, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 of 6 from three-point range for him. Off the bench for the Jazz, got uh, really, uh, of course, very efficient production from Ingles, as he typically does. 14 points from Joe, 4 of 4 from the field, 3 of 3 from downtown, 3 of 3 from the line, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Jordan Clarkson with 16 on 4 of 11 shooting, 7 of 7 from the charity stripe, 6 rebounds for the 6th Man Award winner. Niang finishes with eight points on two of six shooting, but both being from the land of three. And uh, Derek Favors finishes the night five points, two of three shooting, and three rebounds in his 12 minutes. 
for the Grizzlies from an individual perspective, leading the way, Ja Morant with a gargantuan 47 points, 15 of 26 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, got to the free throw line 20 times and hit 15 of them, also had 7 assists and 4 rebounds. Then uh, Dylan Brooks had 23 points, his backcourt mate, 10 of 14 shooting for Brooks, 2 of 2 from 3, 1 of 1 from the line. Uh, but, uh, of course, he as uh, he is typically was in foul trouble. He ended with five personals. Valanchunas finished with 18 points and six rebounds, 7 of 12 shooting, 4 of 4 from the line. Jaron Jackson Jr. finished with 16 points, took just six field goal attempts, made three of six, but uh, got the line 11 times, made nine of them, had uh, three rebounds and a block as well. Kyle Anderson, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and another 4 steals. So, so far through two games, Kyle Anderson averaging 5 steals a ball game in this series. Off the bench for Memphis, they had uh, DeAnthony Melton come up with 7 points and 4 rebounds in his 17 minutes, 3 of 8 shooting. Desmond Bain had 5 points on 2 of 4 from the field, 1 of 1 from downtown, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block for Bain. Then we had uh, Grayson Allen was was not very good. In his 19 minutes, he had zero points on 0 of 6 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. It's kind of, uh, you know, uh, Grayson Allen is the type of player that will sometimes give you some good performances, but other times will will lay a complete egg, as he did tonight. Uh, Tillman, as I mentioned, zero points, just the one assist. I would like to see Brandon Clark in there for the Grizzlies moving forward, but we'll see. Tyus Jones in his five minutes had two points, one of one shooting and a rebound. So again, the final score, if you uh, are joining us late, the Utah Jazz, even the series at one game apiece with a 141 to 129 victory. This has been Duncan Dynasty. I am your host, Garrett Bougay. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can, please like, rate, review, subscribe to the show. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, most of the uh, podcast players. So that all of that is much appreciated. And uh, stay tuned in the future weeks. Again, we, we air episodes, me and my co-host Corbin Ford. Just about every Wednesday, we'll have a guest on and, and uh, and we'll, we'll be talking about the playoffs here. There's no better time to be a basketball fan, so stay tuned for that. Again, thanks so much for, for joining me tonight, and have a great rest of your day.